four three with you. Yeah. yeah. Welcome <laughs> to the uh, to the Pat McAfee Show here on May fourth, two thousand twenty-two. I have never seen a Star Wars in my life, but I will always celebrate other people's happiness. And the chosen one, my friends in Star Wars might be... Anakin Skywalker. But in the NHL, it's fucking Louis Domingue! The fourth was with all this guy last night. Yeah. Hockey's happening, football's happening, the NBA's happening. Today we have a massive sports show for you. We have Dan Orlovsky, the quarterback yes. guru from wow. ESPN, joining us in about 17 minutes. A.J. Hawk will join us for the second hour. And in the third hour, it will be the return of that rap sheet. Oh, yeah. See you in the rap report after his draft. We will have to ask him about what he said about Matt Corral. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yep. We're going to have to put the... The saber to his throat. Careful with that thing, dude. Cut right through that microphone. It would. Oh. What are you fucking talking about? What are you fucking talking about? Where's the sound coming? From the same. Hey, and you want to run your. F- oh, watch the shot. Run your fucking mouth about a guy? Oh. <laughs> That's Louis Domingue, bro. Yeah. After eating fucking spicy chicken and broccoli in the middle of a. Second overtime intermission, not knowing he was going to go back into the goddamn game because the starting goalie who got them all the way through two overtimes fucking just gets hurt out of nowhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Louis Domingue comes in and saves the game, and we're not talking about Louis Domingue right now. In the Pens winning Lord Stanley's Cup. We're talking about Ian Rapport, his coverage during the draft. That's we right. will fucking put right. his feet. Oh. To the fire. <laughs> Not us, then who? Yeah, That's exactly. Right. <laughs> I had no idea. Zito gave that thing, uh, thing to me about f- literally 56 seconds before the show started. Probably yeah, ran You got a pretty good grasp on it, I think. 3K at you least. Are the on that, one. Thing. that thing is very real, very heavy. Mm-hmm. I mean, Zito. It's in- movie great. Zito just did that so that he could write it off on his taxes because yes. it's part of work. Thank you so much. That's Smart. why he has all those swords and axe yes. Oh, yeah. Once you see how it looks, though, you are going to yeah. be very pumped because it was sweet. Yeah. Pretty yeah. worth it. Oh, yeah. Very worth it. Yeah. You might be the next Star Wars movie. Well, no, listen, I should not be in that, okay, because I don't know anything about it. For instance, like I got in the WWE, big fan, know the WWE, I'm okay going in there. I don't think people with zero knowledge of like empires should be dropped into empires. I think you should have to understand and respect it, unless you are a massive thespian. I am not, okay? I, I am not one of those. I cannot do that. So with all due respect to the Star Wars community, I have never seen a Star Wars, but I have respect for the community. Sure. Absolutely. Fucking love Star Wars. Mm-hmm. The Star Wars community fucking loves it. How many movies are we into now? Nine. In every one, there's lines that go from one movie theater to a town yeah. next to the next movie theater every single time. This last one, though, was a sack of shit. Yeah, you're right. I'll a lot of people what, saying that. I can't believe, you know, that studio, they just get yeah. all willy-nilly with their own editing, can't which takes it. me back to what I just said. I should not be in Star Wars because I don't know Star Wars. The people, the studio that decided to cut out all of the director's yeah. vision. How could you? Fucking Disney. 
They're the ones. They've never seen the movie before either. They try to make it into their own. It ain't. Okay. It's Star Wars, baby. May the fourth be with everybody. Also, your phone calls on the 500 yeah, phone yeah. line. one 833 macfee Let's go to the toxic table. Uh, Ty Schmidt, the international games have been announced for the NFL. Mm -hmm. uh, we go to England, and then there's a game in Munich, and yep. then there's uh -huh. a game in Mexico City. Ooh. I mean, this is going to be a very active uh, season with international games. And remember, Jim Irsay was talking on here about expansion. That's yeah. Right. Okay? He, he actually... He, he wasn't talking directly about the NFL's expansion. He was talking about human expansion to the moon and the Mars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The moon being 208,000 miles away and Mars being... Like 208 million. Miles yeah. away. Mm -hmm. So there's going to have to be steady growth for expansion. He was making that comparison about the NFL growing worldwide and hopefully creating more money uh, because he and the other owners, I would uh, assume, view it, we're the biggest league in the world. And we gross $22 billion a year. Hey, good work. Good Pretty work. good. Not bad. Good work. Amazon grosses $400 billion. There Sheesh. is still money out there to be had. Wake up. That's what Jim Mersey said. Yep. Not enough money. Mm -hmm. That's what he actually said. Yeah. On his throne. It was awesome. Yeah, it was incredible. One of the coolest things I've ever heard. And by the way, he's running a business, so his success is what he is looking for. So, mm -hmm. I mean, he's got to do what he's got to do. But these games getting in to Europe and going to England and going to Germany now for the first time, Ooh. it's only a matter of time before our game becomes the world's game. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I understand that soccer's had a nice little run here. But once you get introduced to this game, especially if they can make it affordable with pads and easily accessible. I mean, Bjorn Werner had to. I think to high school in yep. America mm -hmm. to even have a chance to potentially get there as the game grows and the world, you know, learns more and more about our sport. I think it's only a good thing. And expansion is going to happen. And now we have to think about which games are we going? Are we going to one of these games? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe Why two? not? Maybe. This is good news for the league, though. I like this, especially going to Germany. Those fans, especially with how many military folks are there. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of America over there. And I, that's not a shot at anything, but I feel like they do enjoy the American culture a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And also, like, usually when these are announced, I don't really care because the Packers had been the only team, I think, who hasn't played overseas yet. So they get they get the draw with the Giants this year, which I'm pretty juiced up about. That would, I mean, I, I assume that that's going to be an incredible experience, but... To your point, too, about it kind of growing over there, I don't know about people actually playing it, but in terms of just like a fan reach, like they got Brady, Rodgers, and Russell Wilson all playing in the international games this year. Like I feel like that's a pretty good way to do it. You put like some of the faces of the league, the quarterbacks, usually it's, you know, oh, the Dolphins and the Jags are playing over well, there again. But, but well, Wilson, Jags. well, yeah, I mean, Jeez, whatever you want to call game. it, but you get you know three of the marquee quarterbacks in the league to go over there, like that's an – pretty easy way i think to kind of slowly watch the the sprawl continue something that needs to be noted about this conversation though is it is terribly you know annoying as a player to do it oh i, mean, I can't imagine every player I mean, can't imagine. Inconvenient. We, we lost yeah there it is inconvenient everything basically <laughs> but you get to experience the world a little bit so it's an eye-opener i mean a lot of guys maybe have never been to england mm -hmm. or ever would go to england so getting to experience another culture is obviously a great thing for anybody to do and i would recommend for everybody by the way i think that is something that more people should do is travel and meet people and you know kind of learn about why other people are the way they are i think it's awesome and i think that is a benefit to these nfl games and the players getting to do that but with that being said i mean we lost it at jags and Ooh. there wasn't a sorry i mean that sucks that jags team made to the afc championship <laughs> yeah. and then and added to the list of teams yeah, that were destroyed by new england yeah they kind of killed themselves though sure a little bit feels like they knelt yeah, down they and shot themselves in the yeah field. it was 24 they 10 they should have won but what are you gonna do anyways it was just in the middle of the season it's very awkward yeah everybody's schedules just get completely fucked sleep schedule gets changed it's just 
it's not very convenient at all or conducive to a player's operation and daily routine to be at their absolute best. But there's obvious upside in growing the game for everybody whenever it comes to finances, the game as a whole, techniques, everything. So I love it. I'm a big fan of it now as a fan. I did not enjoy it necessarily as a player. I thought it was funny mm -hmm. to go over there and experience just like American sports, which is how it was treated. Yeah. There's people in, you know, saw a lot of Kobe Bryant jerseys. Ooh. Saw a couple of baseball jerseys. Okay. Really? Yeah, I saw a lot of other NFL teams jerseys. Browns jerseys mm -hmm. were over there. I remember, and I think the reason why I remember that is because I was just like, the Browns have a fan in yeah. England. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. That was back whenever the Browns was the Browns. The Browns. Yeah, huge yeah. city. I'm like, God damn, how do they have a fan over here in England? And I think there was a couple of them, numerous of them. No offense, the Browns are no legendary organization. Just wouldn't think that if a random fan a few thousand miles away would just say, you know what, give me that one. Yeah. Give me that. I don't think that would be the case. That's why you see a lot of, you know, there's a lot of Cowboys stuff, mm -hmm. a lot of Patriots stuff over there. Really? Yeah, because you're winning. Yankees, yeah, a lot right. of the stuff on uh, primetime television where the world sees you, you naturally grow a fan base because they're like your introduction mm -hmm. to the sport. But they have a great fans. Yeah. Loud. The place was loud. And they have good personalities, too. They'll laugh. The fans will laugh at the shit that isn't supposed to happen. You know, where, like, mm. American fans will maybe get, like, pissed off yeah. about stuff? Yeah. Like, their fans, I feel like they enjoy the, like, it's a part of it all, I feel. Mm -hmm. Personally, the hooligans are the best fans, I think, in the yeah. world. The most active, the most passionate, the most loyal. And although they aren't the same as they are in the Champions League. Right. Sure. There is still a good buzz at all times during the game, as opposed to the potential lull that might come from an American fan base during football games. Yeah, and those places are huge, right? Like, I assume mm -hmm. Wembley and some of those stadiums can probably fit a lot more people, but I don't know if you remember last year, speaking on the fans, when it was Dolphins, Jags, I believe a fan rushed the field, mm -hmm. and even the referees were like, oh, this is actually hilarious, and just, like, escorted them off. There was no tackle. It was right before kickoff. The guy was, like, laughing. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, okay, fine, fair enough. You get one time to do this a year i guess two three now but hey listen i would like to let every hooligan know that just charging and running onto things not always welcomed no okay? so you go to a Chappelle show for instance in sure. hollywood like <clears throat> i know you won't be a part of the show maybe and want to have a good time don't go up there no because you're gonna end up with your fucking arm backwards guys yeah. i mean this thing was sitting completely backwards on a stretcher guy charges dave Chappelle last night at a show at the hollywood bowl i guess he was either not happy by a joke mm-hmm Win the bet. Sure. He, he lost, by the way. Yeah. I don't know if there's oh, a number yeah, of money, money-wise, on no. the other end. But tried to spear Chappelle, and uh, it appeared as if everybody else that was at that show beat the fuck out of this guy. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. The photos afterwards are out of a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. They're out of... The dude's arm is literally just completely bent backwards, and he's sitting there. And these are the only types of situations, by the way, where Chappelle and everybody that beat the fuck mm -hmm. out of this dude... Mm -hmm. Are the baby faces it's like right. yeah, yeah, fucking do it again. Get him, get him, guys. <laughs> fucking other arm should have looked like that. <laughs> yeah. There's not that many opportunities in the world. No. Uh, guy robs old lady on the street in public. Mm -hmm. You tackle person, beat, beat the, the shit, shit out, out of them. It's like hey, all right, there's a hero. Mm -hmm. One of these situations. One of the only ones in public mm -hmm. where if you win the fight that is taking place, you are heralded the part. And uh, you know what? I thought Tom Segura was. Uh, you know, being a bit dramatic. Sure. And all the comedians were being a bit dramatic, I thought, personally. I'm like, hey, can we relax, all right? Because comedians were saying, well, if somebody sees Will Smith do it to a joke, yep. other people are going to think that they can do things to a joke. And I honestly thought that the comedians were being a little bit like, 
Like, come on, that's not gonna, I thought they were just like using it as an opportunity to potentially go. But that was so ignorant of me because they're in there with people and what people say and how hostile some people might potentially get from some jokes. And if somebody has seen Will Smith do it, that might make them think like, yeah, this is not, I'm not the first person to ever do this. So I don't know if this was because of a joke, if it was probably pre-planned, we'd assume, if something was said to happen. But it makes sense why the comedians were coming out being like, hey, this cannot fucking happen. Okay? Like, the people cannot start attacking people for things that we are just trying to make people laugh about. Mm -hmm. And now, granted, you can feel how you want to feel about freedom of speech and uh, freedom of consequence that comes with it and everything like that. But the line between humor and hate disappeared, I don't know, what, 10 years ago? Yeah. Now everything just falls either into a, oh, I think it's hilarious, or, oh, I fucking hate that person, even though the person that's saying it is just trying to make everybody feel in the hilarious fashion. I, I don't know. It's a it's a weird time right now. It's if, a very weird time. If that person went there to go see a comedy show and a joke enraged them so much that they went on stage that that happened, like what? I don't know what they're thinking going to a comedy show. Or do you think they went to the comedy show knowing that they were going to go on stage? So yeah, yeah, that's why I, th- I think this was a yeah pre pre first time he says something about bomb. I'm gonna come out and bomb get him. Man, wait till you see. I'm going to fucking spear him. Hey, he's going to be holding that mic. You know, he might even hit his leg like he does. Mm-hmm. You know, he does his laughing where he hits his leg. Maybe he'll have a cigarette. I'm going to spear him. That fucking cigarette's going to fly out. Yep. The, the, the microphone sound's going to be perfect. <laughs> just it's going to sound like wrestling. It's going to sound yeah. like wrestling. And then he's going to be on the ground. Then I'm going to get up and I'm going to run out. And everybody's like, yeah, you're going to be a hero. Yeah. You're a fucking hero. Everybody's going to see you do that. Yeah. yeah, that's how it happened. Did you see Dave shed the tackle too? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. Hey, good base. Yeah. Yep. Uh, hey, he lives in Ohio. Yeah. Oh, he knows. He knows. Listen, he yeah, plus Dave Ohio. is yoked right now too. From like what he used to look like before, like why would you even try to attempt that? And listen, you don't have to find his jokes funny. Uh-huh. I'm not saying you have to find everything funny. And by the, there is some things that have, things have been joked about for a long time that are disrespectful. Like the, that is what jokes like. That's where some jokes and some people's humor lie in that. Not everybody has to. You don't have to find things funny. But I think we should stop just automatically. If the intent is to hurt somebody, I think we 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 yeah. fucking Get should them. punish those people. Yeah, yeah. If the intent is to make people laugh, though, I don't know if... If we should seek out those opportunities then to get mad at somebody for doing such a thing. To your point, Tim yeah. Dix. Yeah, I, it's an interesting world. I it's would imagine that this would dispel a lot of people from trying to do this type of uh, stuff, though. Because, like, the Will Smith thing was kind of just, like, shocking. And it's like, oh, well, but there was no... Why anyone an Oscar? It, it, exactly. So there's no fallout from that. Like, this is say, like, hey, if you get physical with one of these guys, like, there is consequence. These guys, these security guys are probably just chomping at the bit for something like this, like... They're going to beat the shit out of you if there's any type of like physical confrontation or anything like that. So you'd think people would see this and be like, okay, well, if I do do this, someone, they're going to, I think both of his hands got broken and then they both got dislocated. Like, you're, you're, that's a tough one. Yeah. Like, you're going to get the shit beat out of you. So, you know, you'd think that people would see this and be like, okay, maybe we should. I think Chappelle did, and I didn't see, there was videos from every angle. I didn't get to catch up on all of them, but there was a lot of things being said about what people heard. And did he shout out Jamie Foxx? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did Jamie Fox? Did because he's oh, Mike yeah. Tyson yeah, and he's, he's making a Tyson yeah. movie oh, right yes. now? Uh-huh. Did Jamie Fox catch that fucking guy? One two. And then he, he Jamie Fox is ripped, so shredded. Yeah. The guy tried to punch Jamie Fox, fucking dislocated his hand. <laughs> he, I mean, is what? He's quick. He too. shouted out Jamie Fox, but he didn't say like for what. So I don't know if he was one of the tag. He's like shout out Fox. 
And then I believe Chris Rock came on stage and was like, was that Will Smith? Oh, good, good. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh-huh. so that's the first time, yeah, right? right? That's the first time we've heard <laughs> yeah. a Chris Rock joke about the whole situation. Because mm-hmm. remember there for a little bit, he was still trying to digest the entire thing, which I think meant, let me figure out how I'm going to go about systematically ripping this guy apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do I do the entire day? Right. Like, do I do the entire day? What is the lead up to the entire thing? Like, I think that's what Chris Rock was doing. But also... I mean, a lot of people saw that happen. So yeah. Chris Rock probably might have felt a certain type of way too. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, the European football fans. Oh, yeah, man. exactly. Man, they Ooh, were so active. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And that's, that's right. what we're that's why we're so excited about all these games. The game in Mexico City happening. Uh-huh. Uh, those balls, Najee Harris was down there, made a draft announcement from Mexico City, Mexico. He had a dope fit on too. He had uh, a uh, Ponch. poncho on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So. I don't ever want to get that wrong and make people like attack me. Like, ah, this fucking Poncha dumb. Karma confused me for a little bit, but I believe it's Poncha. I, I don't want to listen. I don't want to sound like I'm so like too super cultured, but I do believe there's a lot of Mexican people that listen to the show nice. and watch this show. From what I've been told, from like some of the most famous Mexican people. Okay. Let's go. Yeah, pretty cool. Oh, that is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah Ramos. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, oh, yeah. right. That's sweet. <laughs> Yeah, that was one of the cool things. He was, so I don't want to get it wrong, but I think he was in a, pon- a poncho. Poncho, yeah. yeah. Dude, he was in a poncho. He said, uh, he said, uh, gracias, uh, Mexico. <laughs> mm-hmm. He said, aquí estamos, mi amigo. <laughs> he should have said that. He did not say that. It was very fascinating because there was a little bit of a delay. He did it from there. There was another international. There was a German announcement, I believe, for the... Uh, Maybe the Rams. So you could see the NFL now with the draft. They had international announcements. They're also having, like, they're trying, I think. Yeah, he looks sick. He looked awesome. Whew. By the way, most active fan base during the draft announcement, I'll uh, say, were, was in Mexico City. Really? Yeah. Other places were very quiet, and it was kind of delayed, and then they celebrated afterwards. Mm-hmm. Ah. It was like a, they're kind of, it was an interesting kind of back was, and forth. Was it the, Chiefs fan when they were in Germany. The Chiefs announcement was that in Germany. Is yes, that, it was. Yeah, yeah. And they, were, they were. Yeah, they were doing this. Yeah. but then they stopped because yeah. there was the delay. They didn't know when they were on and when they weren't on. <laughs> That's like the uh, you know people are doing their thing and they're looking at the jumbotron, mm-hmm. and then they get put on the camera and then they change everything mm-hmm. they're doing. Right, and then it's like, well, that's not why you're put on the camera. Yeah, I think that's kind of what happened with the uh, the chant over there. Yeah. I like for the NFL. Yeah, yeah. We gotta go. We gotta go to one of these. I'm Absolutely. Try, I'm trying to set up a uh, trying to set up one, a trip to one of these games. By yeah, the way, you have to do it. Like actually, in the process making calls. As soon as we found out the dates, this was something we're doing. We have to do a live show from over there. Stream it, I assume, mm-hmm. right here on YouTube mm-hmm. from a theater or something like yeah. that. They yeah, got the awesome. markets over there too now. Which teams are being shown where? Well, that's the thing about these uh, analytics. You know, on the all the platforms we're on. Pretty good European following. Yeah, not bad. Hey, we appreciate you guys watching over there. Hope the NFL brings more games over. But I feel like that's going to be a celebration of football. That's kind of what it was when we were over there. There was a parade. Uh-huh. They shut down like a bunch of streets. They said 750,000 people were at a, yeah. a festival that I, mm-hmm. I got a chance to speak at. From the stage looking out, I'm not sure I seen. Okay. Yeah. 750,000. Might have been 4 million. Yeah. Might have been. Might have been one hundred and fifty thousand. <laughs> okay, sure. right. but I came later. It wasn't in the right. entire day. Not, Not the sure prime. they were there. But yeah. they turned they they turn into full NFL celebrations. I'm surprised they don't do more of that. Like show the night before. They're probably going to be all booked out, right? Is that something the NFL already does? No. No, because yeah, when you were over there, it's just that thing during the day, right? The day before. Yeah, but everybody's in town that are NFL fans, basically. Yeah. That feels like the right thing to do. We should do that. 
Make so, it like a Super Bowl week almost. Dumb, I mean, and you know, have all those different. Yeah, they have types like events and like yeah. they should. I think they do. I think they have like convention centers uh, with like shops and full of stuff. I would imagine they have to, right? Because yeah. that's a big part of growing the game. You can't expect the just game on Sunday on its own to you know like people are going to show up to that obviously. But if you really do want to like get people embedded in this mm-hmm. stuff, you have to have. I a think they have X Legends go over too, but it's always with the teams that are playing. I think. Well, now that they have specific markets for each team, they'll probably do that too. Like Tampa is a German team. But I I don't think like it has to be from the teams that are playing though. Like if I'm running the NFL and I'm not, but if I'm running the NFL, I go to one of those games and I see every single team's jersey represented Mm -hmm. in the stands. And I guess people travel in uh, from every basic country that's surrounding the area for the weekend. They should just have like NFL legends go over there. Like, retired players should just be over there doing stuff that yeah. entire week, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know they do camps in the offseason, like Andrew mm-hmm. Luck, I think, yeah. went over there and did a football uh-huh. camp. Alvin Kamar did that. But those weeks of games over there, like, they should be yeah. they should be building that up like, huge, I think. Jerry Rice should be making Rice Roney and tailgating with the fans, mm-hmm. like, leading up to the game. But they, like he that. should be tailgating. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because he is the goat of tailgating. Yeah. Marshawn right. pouring tequila shots, maybe. Go. Yes. Walking around. In a pub. They had a bunch of pubs. People were just kind of rolling in and out of it. Mm-hmm. It almost felt like Bourbon Street when we were over there. That's nice, awesome. dude. That's awesome. I'm happy it's growing. Joining us now is a man who might be over there. You know, hey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. True. He might be over there. I think, he won, yeah, he might, I think he won maybe a game last year. I'm not 100% sure. Guy was quarterback in the NFL for a long time. You know, a lot of different places. That's right. I seen him win a couple games. It almost uh, changes the future of an entire program. Mm. Yeah. This guy uh, went to UConn, absolute stud. Yeah, absolutely lit it up. But now he is the authority on quarterback conversation. From ESPN, Dan Orlovsky. What's up, stud? What's up, dude? Happy birthday. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. You sent me a text. How old are you? 30, 30, 30. I'm going to take a guess here. Okay. I'm 38, so 32. Wow, that's, thank you so Damn. much. That's the first time ever in my life, literally in my entire life, <laughs> that anybody has ever guessed that I'm younger. That's not a compliment to me. 35. Oh, yeah. 35. Oh, yeah. Halfway Woo. to 70. Here we go. Halfway to 70. I look like I was like 20 whenever I was like 14, 15. You know what I mean? It's just been a, one of those things because my face is so terrible. But Dan, don't worry about it. What, what's the song? Is that your golf club? Uh, this had a stream song. It's a golf, like a golf resort in Florida. I don't, I don't, no, I'm not a member. Whoa, damn. You got a locker there? You don't have a locker there. They wouldn't let you have a locker there. They said, get the fuck out of here. It's a public golf course. Oh, okay. At a resort? Yeah. Oh, so you're rocking yeah. a public. This place must be awesome. Yeah, she's local beauty. Are you golf? You never heard a stream song? You should go. Like, it's a, yeah. it's a good, fun golf time. Yeah, they got a sweet. Sweet. I mean, that song yeah, thing with the hat. apostrophe is awesome. That's good Thank branding. You. Thank you. Thank you. It's a good time. How's Easy your game? to get to in, this, in the wintertime for an East Coaster or Midwester, Midwesterner. It's, it's an easy fly down to Tampa, hour drive, three different golf courses. It's a good spot. How's the golf game? Pretty good? You feel pretty good about your swing right now? It's fine. I'm never going to be really good at golf. I was never going to be really good at golf. I don't have the time to get, like, really good as good as go- at golf as I want with my kids. So, so it is what it is. So it's, it's fine. you stink at golf? You wow, get, do you get dunked on by everybody that you play golf with? Like you sound No, like I'm a good- seven handicap. Like, like I'm, I oh, can okay. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's pretty, yeah. Yeah, you stink. Yeah, I stink, oh, man. I'm terrible. <laughs> man, I'm so bad at golf, you know. I got I'm still seven. 
He's got yeah. a Brad Pitt thing going on where he always eats every time he's uh, on with us. Yeah, it says like Ocean's 11, 12, mm-hmm. 13, 14. Why? 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 Huh? It's lunchtime. Well, we appreciate you spending lunch with us. Let's talk about it. Your taste buds are fucking like notoriously terrible now at this point. You know that? <laughs> like I saw yesterday, someone viral on uh, Laura Rutledge's TikTok because you just eat a bucket of plain chicken every day. You're not the only one that does that, but AJ Hawk does that. We do ask him about it every single day. But has this been your life? Like you just have always eaten terribly. And do you kind of look back on any of your younger times and go, maybe I should ask for seasoning, you know, like something like that? Uh, you know, like I don't, I eat like this a lot ever since my kids were born. My wife is, you've seen my wife, she's five to 105 pounds, right? So she was like a little, she was a petite woman um, before kids. And then she went to five to 155 pounds, which was a total new world for her. And she was like, yo, this baby weight is gone. So she started to change the way she eated a bunch. And so I just kind of rallied with her because that's what good teammates do, Pat. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. No. Um, I don't really care for food that much. You know, like I like to have a good dinner. I do, but breakfast and lunch are so basic to me. Like I don't like, it's not that big a deal, you know? Yeah. Brunch is one of the greatest things, which is both of those things you just said combined. Mm -hmm. But I do envy the fact that you have that discipline and ability. I'm bouncing between a couple diets right now. You know, for WrestleMania, I was on a diet strict, Hey, five, six weeks strict. I saw changes. Mm, had more yeah. energy, felt better, yeah. looked you look better. Great. Thank you. Had everything felt good. And then I know all of those things. And then all of a sudden I get home and I see a cookie cake made why? of like, why do you why do you do that? If you know, like if you feel better, if you think better, if well, you feel like better, look no. better, Show why do you go backwards? Um, because it that's that's what you fit freaks don't understand. Like that cookie, you put that thing in the microwave, Ooh. then you get a little bit of milk out, and then you go ahead and you get the proper. I mean, that is a moment. That is a time. That is a happiness. That Ninety seconds is like is way better than like the morning wake up and walking up and down the stairs feeling better. That's better to you. Well, I live on one floor now, you know, so mm. I don't even don't have to worry about it. I kind of got rid of that. One of his comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of got rid of any exercise before leaving the house. Well, <laughs> for this reason, maybe. Anyways, let's move on. You look great, Dan. You look great. Yeah, I know, Dan. And, and, and listen, you are who you are. It made you the person you are today. And we all enjoy the hell out of when you're speaking on television. So keep doing whatever you're doing. Are you still part of the Peloton cult? I do Peloton ma- mainly in like the winter months because I, I can't get outside to like work out. So it's, it's, I still love it. Absolutely. But I don't do it as much as the weather starts to turn and get better. Cause I like to get outside. Stand up now. Yeah. 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 I've never done a saddle. Yeah. Everything we, we go, you get after it. Huh? You're like, you're posting your records and stuff like that. You, you I think you I even, like to, I just like to put it out there, challenge people, Shh. You know, always competing, yeah. always mm-hmm. competing, dude. What's the deal? What are you talking about now in uh, the NFL world? Are you talking about your grades from the draft? Like, oh, this team got an A. This team got a B. Uh, sure. Look at this team with a C. Yeah. Oh, this oh, is a D. Ah, I didn't like this team, what they did. We have no idea right now. We have no clue. But this team, D minus, uh-huh. actually. This team, I don't even have a one-letter option. The only thing I can give them, a WTF plus. Whoa. A what-the-fudge plus. Jeez. So is that worse than an F? Is that above an F? Where's a D lie in this entire thing? It's tie there. Yeah, it ties there. Oh, yeah. It's tied there. Oh, yeah, bud. Oh, yeah. I'll be honest with you, Ty, when when, uh, I saw you guys comment about that the other day, and this is not to be mean, I went on Twitter because I was going to tag you 
I can't find your Twitter handle. Oh, jeez. Oh. I mean, it's just well, my see, name. He's, doing he's got you thing. blocked. Yeah. Yeah. Is it at T-Y-S-C-H-M-I-D-T? This is no, what Dan's doing. M-I-T. No this is what Dan's doing right now. No just M-I-T. Uh, That's fine. I mean, I didn't tag him. He's fucking easily findable. Yeah. yeah. No, he's not. No, he's not. No, he's not. Did yes, you? he is. What were you going to say to no, him? He's not. What were you going to say to him? I was just going to be like, I don't know, let's make some stupid joke about the Packers or something. <laughs> oh! oh, oh, oh. That's, oh. Tough. That's tough to come back from, Todd. Is he mad that the Lions are gaining ground on the Packers? Todd, oh. 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 dude. I You're mean, fucking in a hole, oh. dude. Dan, don't be an absolute moron, okay? I know what you're doing. We all know what you're doing. The Lions are going to, if everything goes perfectly, they're going to win maybe six games Whoa. this year. What do you think, Dan? You're fucking dining out, dude. Tying in a one-hitter quitter on you right there. Yeah, see ya. Everything you were saying. Why Why? Why are you saying the things you're saying, though? Why, why, why are the... That's how, how I feel, man. I always say things of how I feel. I... All right, here's my stance on the Packers, and that's why oh, what the I fudge. did that grade. Yes, the Packers got better. Like, those two kids are good college football players. They're probably going to be good NFL players, all that stuff. Let's go, boys. But that's not where they're, like, where they're lacking when it comes to can they get to the Super Bowl or not. They had a top 10 defense last year. They lost to the 49ers, and they gave up 13 points. So I can respect Gutenkins, their general manager, for like not reaching at 22 and 28 and him standing pat with what he believes. But there's no flipping way nah. that anybody that knows we know the NFL mean. world can sit here and tell me that they believe that the Packers offense is even remotely close to what it has been. So you want you think they should have traded and moved up? You think they should have traded and moved up? Is that what you think they should have done? They traded and moved Absolutely. up? Absolutely. Absolutely. Dude, it's disrespectful to Devontae Adams. It's disrespectful to be like, nah, the Packers are just going to be fine. Really? Like, he's one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in football. And we, I hear people do this. Well, the Packers or the, the Raiders are going to be maybe division champions this year because they got Devontae Adams. The Packers will be fine. No fudgy way, guys. Like, you can't have it both ways. So, yes, like, I'm so they got better, but I just don't believe that – that offense going into the season with Alan Lazard, who I've always championed, and Robert Tunyon coming off of the ACL, and Christian Watson is an offense that you're going, that's a Super Bowl caliber offense. Do you sub in any F word that you can put an ING on in the background for fuck? I usually go fudge. You said flipping first, though. Yeah, right? yeah. Because, that was close. Because then we were wondering, was the WTF plus originally a what the flip plus? Right. Because that's a lot different than a what the fudge plus. Yeah, mm -hmm. much different. Maybe we're misreading the, the, the fake. I like the fact that you don't swear, by the way, but you want to, right? Don't you every single time you want to drop a hard, hard fuck right there? Yeah, more often than not, I want to, yeah. So. When did you stop? Whole life? Um, no, no, no. I, I used to swear. Uh, I stopped September 23rd of 2006. Holy shit. We got a date? Let's what? go. <laughs> no Congrats way. way. Happy anniversary. anniversary. This had to be a happy anniversary. anniversary. May 4th. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. Coming up on 18 years, though. May 4th. Uh, so there's still a lot of free age. Congrats, though, honestly. Nice job, yeah. Dan. That's flipping unbelievable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whenever I, like, 
That's unfudging fathomable for me to even think about because my natural conversation is this. Don't you have to like second guess literally everything that you say when to sub in the, the other F word in there or no? No, nah, the only time it ever really gets, I get pushed to like. I just swear, but don't push me. Is my kids. <laughs> oh, okay. Your kids. Yeah. You're a good dad though. I try not to be a bad one. I don't know if I'm a good one. I try not to be a bad one. How's your TV time? You remember during the football season, you're on, what is it, 100 hours? 18 hours yeah, a day, 16, so. Yeah, you do the math, five, Yeah, six, I'm pretty five, like. 100 hours I, a week. I, yeah, I'm right. pretty good here. What's that, I pal? feel back pretty good. I'll be on once a week, maybe something like that, till, till football pick back up again. Uh, you're battling against Stephen A. You're doing uh, all your good conversation. What are you diving into other than the Packers offense not having enough and being disrespectful to Devontae Adams? What's the storyline you think that isn't being chatted about? Um, you know, I think this probably that how, how close the AFC East is going to be. I, I think that the Bills are the best team in football. I think if you told me that the Dolphins finished second place in that division, I could see it. I think the Patriots are probably the favorite to get to second place in that division. I think the Jets are going to be. I think Zach Wilson is primed for a very big year. Um, I just believe it'll be hard for him not to play well. Um, San Francisco is fascinating to me. Do you know, you know Zach? Like, do you know Zach Wilson? I do not know. Never met him. I've never met him. No. So this isn't like a personal feeling like you had with Carson. Remember with Carson, it yeah, was like, yeah. hey, hey, this guy's unbelievable. What do you like about Zach? You love Zach Wilson? Well, yeah. I mean, I think obviously the talent is there. What I liked about last year was when I mean he pretty poor early on and then he suffered the injury and then came back from the injury and you saw growth you know I think the last six games six touchdowns one pick so much better decision making much more in control he stopped short arming things and and just finished his throws which was great um dude their offensive line in two years went from really bad to pretty good you know and if Becton stays healthy Unit. Um, I think Uzama and Rucker. Pat's you're on. Pat saying hi. Hey, how's it going? Hope life's good. Hey there. Yeah. Say hello. You don't have to. Don't feel obligated. <laughs> don't feel obligated. We will say she was in the podcast. Yeah, that's uh-huh. right. Uh, the podcast yeah. goes out. We'll say Dan. Yep. I think and life. Garrett, Garrett Wilson is going to be like jo- uh, um, Zach Wilson's Stephon Diggs. You know, finally one of those receivers that. Hey man, I need you to win versus man coverage with some size and route running and with it when I get you the ball. So, yeah, I, in a second year for their play caller, Michael Floor as well. I, I just there's a lot in place for him to take a big jump. Yeah. Uh, so you you had high scores on these wide receivers, and that's what you're talking about with Green Bay not going up and get one of the. You just called Garrett Wilson, Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is like, just got paid like 100 million, yeah. million dollars or something like that to pay wide play wide receiver. You liked a lot of these wide receivers coming out, and are you on the? Okay, because there's now two different camps happening in the NFL. Teams, and everybody's talking about it. Teams that are going to pay veteran wide receivers and teams that are going to groom veteran wide receivers that are going to be very good and let them go and try to find another one. Are you? Which camp are you in? And do you think that it's going to be as easy to replace A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill, uh, Devontae Adams, as everybody thinks? I don't. Like I think these dudes are like irreplaceable, personally. Yeah. No, I do not think it's going to be easy to replace those guys. Those guys are scared. Game changers you know they on Monday morning when defensive coordinators sit down what are we going to do about that guy 
I think the that you have to answer that question starting with who's your quarterback and how much do you pay him. It's way easier to go sign those older guys or not older but veteran guys for those big contracts when you're not allocating all that money to your quarterback. Um, hmm. I think that when you have a very expensive quarterback, it's hard, you know, because you know, like like Tennessee, one of the main reasons that they moved on from AJ is because Tannehill's got the highest cap hit this year. So it's hard to sit there and go, we're going to pay the quarterback and we're going to pay the receiver. Now, I know Kansas City entertained it, and I know Green Bay, from what the reports are, we're going to pay Devontae, but Green Bay was going to go so far into the future of finances that they were willing to, you know, kind of, mortgage the future so to speak dude this is what i know in the last four drafts not including this one that just happened last week there's been 40 wide receivers drafted in the first or second round 34 of them have become great really good or pretty darn good players there's only six right now that are like busts that you feel dude can't play you know so we are seeing a surge of these receivers being able to come in early and younger. Do and you play really I, good do you football. think that's a hundred percent? Because now no, let's take out how incredibly gifted athletically all these guys are, because they've been training at a younger age. I feel like since the beginning, but we're more we're in much more of like a scheme offense. So if you can run the route that is drawn, like everybody can kind of do it, as opposed to the dudes who can make their own plays, get themselves open. They have a bigger catch radius. It's almost like now the scheme is more important than all that. If you can just run that route good, the scheme will be able to indicate who's going to be open, which is what all the older quarterbacks are talking about, like the game getting almost easier at the quarterback position as opposed to harder. There's no doubt. Huh, okay. There's, there's no doubt about I think I think it's really three things, Pat. Number one, these dudes grow up in seven-on-seven. Seven. Yeah. Like they don't really it, – it's, it's a little different than, you know, when you hear Cooper Cup's story and how much he just used to do with individual routes. Or it's almost a little bit different or similar to when Devontae had that quote last year. He was like, man, what are you doing with all these drills? Like, go run actual routes? These dudes grow up, like, getting so many more reps as wide receivers in seven-on-seven. Seven. I think the second thing is – Hey, think about youth football back in the day. They'd throw the ball in the game maybe once or twice, right? Exactly. Yeah. So these – I mean, think about it. If you start playing receiver at 10 years old and you play till you're 17 or 18 when you get drafted, we're talking about literally thousands more reps uh, in game situations or at least simulated game situations. I think the second thing is this, the scheme development. You know, like a lot of these routes are, hey, run a bubble. Hey, run a slant. Hey, run a go route, you know, and, and we're giving advantageous looks for these receivers and for quarterbacks. You know, like we are going to take care of the inside linebacker with the scheme or the run fake or the, the RPO. You just run a already outside you. All you have to do is catch the ball, you know. And so, hey, we got to call you back. We got to call you back. It is easier. We got to call you back. We got to call you back. We got to call you back. Connection is not bad. Why you got to bury the state all that guy? Because, I mean, that's where he is. Yeah, and we don't That's know. what happens in Ohio. He's probably at his, at his beach house. Yeah, it could be. See how tan he's got? He nah. looks good right now. Yeah. Nah, no way. 
Danny, Danny's got to be in Connecticut because when ESPN calls him in for a last second segment at you know nine thirty tonight, he's got to be able to get in there right away. And he's got to cut like a ten minute promo on something that hey, you got to watch all the film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Hey, Dano, you're back. Hey, we're talking about how younger wide receivers are adapting to the game so much easier because seven on seven is giving them literally thousands and thousands of more uh, reps than anybody in the past. Yeah. And also the scheme making people open and helping out the quarterback, which I believe you said, yeah. and we're starting to describe yeah. how a scheme will help uh, take a, away a linebacker that maybe was a problem in the past. Yeah, so it, you're, you're giving more simplified routes and more winners. I mean, that's also, Pat, why we're seeing the, the completion percentage for quarterbacks go up. You know, what used to be, you know, hey, if you completed 62% of your passes, that was phenomenal. Now it's like you should complete 66, 67, some of these built-in easy throws. And I'd say the third thing is this, dude. Those guys don't fear getting killed anymore crossing the middle of the field. Oh. You know, those, the, and the defensive backs aren't allowed to maul dudes 10 yards down the field and put hands all over them. So, like, it is easier. It's easier to get open. It's less scary to know that when I take this 10-yard in route, there's not someone that's going to come and absolutely take my head off. I mean, you used to hear it years ago. Receivers used to not make it because too scared to go across the middle. He can't get off, you know, the jam 10 yards downfield. We don't really hear that much anymore because guys aren't allowed to do it. Dan, you're, hey, you're really good at what you do, pal. Way to break it down. Yeah. And by the way, just because it's uh, easier or, let's say, softer doesn't mean it's bad for the game. I think people are enjoying it at a much higher clip than it used to and if guys yeah. can be a little bit more healthy from this but then the knee shots become a problem i mean mm -hmm. it's gonna be a violent yeah. game forever i guess but it is much more wide open in the middle go ahead connor yeah dan uh what did the patriots get uh as far as your grading scale goes with the draft was it a what the fudge or was it like a gosh darn d and then also um is your brain still in the pretzel because bill won't announce an offensive coordinator or play caller <laughs> I, like, love you and hate you at the same time. I really no. do. Um, <laughs> I don't know why you love me. Uh, yeah, I, the Patriots know. draft was weird to me. Um, I would probably give it a, a below-average D-level grade. What? Oh, plus plus yeah. or minus? D plus or minus? Right. No. So here's, the, here's my feelings on the, the Patriots grade or draft. Okay, I'm not going to pretend that I know anything about the offensive line or, or the offense. If they like them, great, awesome. Tyquan Thornton, I would ask anybody, name me the – and this is just the truth. The last receiver that came from Baylor, that was good. Fucking Josh Gordon. Okay, Josh Gordon, supplemental draft answer. pick. Was not a second-round pick. That's he was but then we have Corey Coleman. Corey Coleman. We have uh, Kendall Wright. We have Denzel Mims. You know, we've got multiple receivers that were drafted early that were really good players at Baylor, fast dudes, and they just for some reason don't transition to the league and play well. And that's my concern with that second-round pick. Yes, they needed speed, but after those guys, or after he got drafted, huh? Sky oh, Moore what? went to Kansas City. Fast receiver, but a good receiver. Alec Pierce went to Indy, who I think is going to be a really good pro. So I just would have liked to have seen a better receiver selected. Uh, they took two running backs. 
They got Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. They don't need two running backs. They took a quarterback in the fourth round. What's Bell doing? Bell know what he's doing anymore? Damian Harris and James White. Guys, out for a hot dog. What's this guy doing? Is Mac Patricia? What's going on? Is this the Lions? No. That's what Dan's saying. No, Dan's just curious. But Damian Harris and James White, they're on the last year. They're not getting re-signed. We had to replace them. Okay. And, you know. Why is he sending so many mixed messages? He said the fullback's not even a position anymore. And then he drafts 15 running back. Exactly. Hey. We're going O-line, we're going wide receiver, we're going running back, and Max just going to drop back and fucking pick up who's, our defense. Who's calling their plays? Like, Max Jones. Who do you think is going to call their offensive plays? Max Jones. Max think? Jones is going to call a place in the hole. He's going to tell each guy what route he wants them to run, and then he's going to fucking change the play at the line of scrimmage, and they're going to score 80 touchdowns this That's year. because Max Jones is about to learn more about football than any other quarterback in the history because... Because Bill Belichick is teaching him what the defense is going to be wanting to do to him. Wow. Blow your mind, Dan? What's up, dude? No. No chance. Zero shot. Did, okay. you hear, did you hear Ninkovich bring up a very, very, very solid point that kind of, well, <laughs> Nink, you know, he, he was up there for a long time, mm-hmm. knows a lot about the way it operates up there. And we asked him, we we're like, hey, do you think it's a what the flip type thing that, you know, Mac Jones is going to have another different voice in his ear calling plays mm-hmm. or whatever? And Nink just asked a simple question. Who is a better person? to teach a quarterback about what the NFL's defenses are going to do than Bill Belichick himself? And that's a great question. Who Who is? Do you still think that's not a good thing? That it's? Do you not think the Bill Belichick era with Mac Jones potentially being a thing is a great thing for Mac Jones? Because I think a lot of people, especially in Boston around no, New I, England, feel that that is. Because especially with how smart Mac is. Allegedly, Mac's like a, a genius. So if you just got Bill Belichick... And Ernie, by the way, who can do this because as an advisor, uh-huh. with a you know a dry erase board in a a full and Mac Jones is just like a, a fucking copying machine allegedly his brain yep. and then boom he comes out slicing and dices now obviously maybe not to that extent but don't you think that could be a good thing a great thing for Mac? No. What? Uh, what? How could that not be great? Okay. Oh no. You think that Adam Gase oh, and Matt Nagy? Can can like talk defensive football relatively well. Like they can talk what you Gee, should do against the defense relatively well. Those guys didn't get hired because they're terrible at it. You comparing Bill Belichick to Matt Nagy and Adam Gase right now? You froze at the beginning. I think you said something that said, "Hey, I'm not comparing no. Bill Belichick to Dude, Matt Nagy." There's Gase. a difference between understanding what a defense is and how to go against that defense, and then in the moment calling plays designing game plans like there's a very those are very two two very different things and to not have anybody who's done that to my knowledge on your offensive staff we watch really smart offensive coaches come into the nfl all the time is that who you just talked about right there those two coaches smart offensive minds cannot call games okay. okay that's what you were saying okay because you froze at the beginning of that. We thought you were comparing Bill Belichick to Nagy and Gase there mm-hmm. just as a thing. No, I watch it. There's a difference between a very big difference be- between like knowing how to what I should do against the defense and then flow, call a game flow, get a quarterback in the rhythm, get him into a good third down situation. I get there's a way different feel for that in a way different world for that. 
That's why you have like the best play callers around I've ever been around were guys that had incredible feel, not the best offensive minds. Are those play callers just play callers forever too? Like Andy Reid, right? He's still calling plays and yeah. still in there. Play caller forever. It's just the way it is, right? Play caller forever. Some people have it, some yeah. people don't. Every good play caller end up being a head coach. Um, no, and I don't know if every great play caller ends up being a, a good head coach. You know, sometimes guys are just supreme in that role because they just have the, that 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 feel for what's needed in that game. Oh, the Peter principle, you're saying. Okay, mm. uh, last question here, Dan. We can't thank you enough. Go ahead, Tone. Dan, who starts week one? Is it the number two overall pick, Mitch Trubisky, or the number 20 overall pick, Kenny Pickett? I probably anticipate Trubisky to start. This is, this is what I would do if I was Pittsburgh. Oh, here we go. I would say open competition – Mitchell Trubisky is our starter. If Kenny Pickett beats him out, then we made the right pick. Well, how come Mitch you know, Trubisky like, I, I isn't going to be a mentor? How come he's not going to be a mentor to Kenny Pickett? How come Mitch Trubisky is not going to be a mentor to Kenny Pickett? You know, because Daniel said, listen, we're in the same room. All right, I'm not, if he learns from something, cool. But isn't like a backup quarterback normally like working for the starting quarterback almost at times throughout the week? That's why adding in the competition in the quarterback room is very fascinating. And it's very mixed uh, reception on the internet and on these shows, obviously, from players and media and fans. What fans think Tannehill should do, what some members of the media think Tannehill should do, and then former players, what they think Tannehill should do. And everybody's split, by the way. There isn't a right answer in any of this. But how do you separate that whole thing? Like, Trubisky could potentially be a great, like, veteran backup for him at one point if he ends up becoming the starter and for Tannehill like Tannehill just got like a hundred million dollars last year he wants to be the starter of that team like Malik is a third or fourth round pick or whatever it is he uh, will be in there hopefully he helps me isn't that kind of isn't that an interesting you know conversation that's taking place right now Dan how do you view it I think it's all personal I think it's all up to you as like what is that something that is important to you or not? I still think you could be a tremendous teammate and not necessarily mentoring the person that was selected to take your job. Um, it, it, like, I don't know, did, did Aaron Rodgers feel that Brett Favre mentored him? Probably not. It worked out. It wasn't a disaster. Guy ended up being a decent player. So um, I think a lot gets overblown with that. If you want to do it, great. And if you don't feel like... You want to do it, and it's not going to negatively impact your football team. I don't think – I think way too big a deal is made out of this. Yeah, I think so too. And by the way, there's still jobs, and there's only 32 of those positions and some different ones, and it's happening at every Good single fact. position I, in the NFL. It's just sometimes when it happens in the quarterback room, it becomes a big yeah. story because the quarterbacks are the story of the league. It's happening at every position. Yeah, and I've always said this, dude. Like, you get taught from an early age as a quarterback – everybody's eyes are on you. Like they're watching every single thing that you do. And when you start to learn quarterbacking, you get told when you walk in the huddle, that is your huddle. Like you've got to take ownership of it. And you start to build tremendous like internal pride about that. Like these are, this is my huddle. These are my guys. And it becomes like a very personal thing to you. So no, I don't ever want to help somebody step into that Oh no! Somebody to be the step. It's like no, I don't want to help you. Yes. Like I, I that, that, 
my job. That's my team. That's my huddle. That's philosophy. Was. I think a lot of people feel that way, by the way. And then some people are complete uh, opposite end of it. I had a couple of dudes come in, and I think they thought they were trying to take my job or whatever. And I feel like I was always, I tried to be nice to them, I think. I don't know. Sure. If I, I tried my best to, but I had supreme confidence that that, that was not going to take place. But there are so many politics in the game of football, too, that you got to, like, really, Wild. you know what I mean? There's how much money is person making, who's friends with sure. who, who's, I mean, there's just so much in there that people can start overthinking. I don't blame anybody that just worries about their job because, by the way, if they play their best, that is the most important thing to be the best teammate that they could possibly be, especially in the NFL. We appreciate you so much for joining us, Dan. I think Ty had a question for you, or did you want to say goodbye to Dan, Ty? About well, the- no, no, I mean, Dan's going to say he thinks the Lions are going to win the fucking NFC North this year. So that's okay. I appreciate it, Dan. You know, have a good one, pal. And Foxy has a follow-up to yeah. that, I believe. Dan, are the Lions going 10-7 and and win a playoff game this year or what? I think the Lions are going to play meaningful games in December. Sorry, service is so bad. Uh, It's calling from Detroit. Join us in Detroit, Dan Rolovsky, right now. (laughs) That's unbelievable. Um, Hey, you're the man, dude. Detroit didn't deserve that. Okay, where are you at? Are you in your home right now? I don't. You don't have to give your address. Yeah, I'm in Connecticut. I'm in Connecticut. It's another gloomy, gray day in Connecticut. (laughs) Yeah, because it sucks. Hey, flying into the Northeast is not fun. I mean, it is always choppy up there. All right, fuck yep. it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Toxic Table is here at Ty Schmidt, at Boston Connor. Got so many things running through my mind because there's about to be a legend joining us live from an attic. Oh. One half of the hammer, Don Cowboys, Tone Diggs is hey, here. Don. Tone, how was the money last night? Uh, not only for Hammer Down, but for the books as a whole because Pittsburgh Penguins... <laughs> Beat the New York Rangers in New York in front of a lot of khaki-wearing people. (laughs) Saw a lot of khakis on TV last night as the rain. A lot of suits watching those Rangers play, which makes it feel even better to get a win up there in triple overtime. Uh, Tom, did you guys bet on the Pens to win that game? They were were plus a lot of money, I believe. We would like to thank... Gumpy, he forced us to bet on the pens. He did. Uh, he was screaming it all day yesterday. And he made us on hammer down, take the pens. Uh, so we won there. Uh, Caps were big dogs, huge dogs. Uh, they won. Avs, Avs are an absolute wagon. Yeah. Uh, huge favorites. They won. And then Texas hockey, unfortunately, did not win that. They battled. Well, they we battled. knew that was going to happen. They battled. They didn't battle. They didn't get covered they didn't plus one. two fucking They covered games plus one and a half. All right. Oh, okay. All right. Hey, way to go. Nice. Way to go, Texas. Good effort, Way to go, Texas hockey. They're dead. Uh, Nick, Nicky Skates, that was the best thing that could ever happen for the NHL last night, right? The greatest player of all time, Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins, underdogs in front of a bunch of suits in New York against the Rangers, played two full fucking games. Now, yeah. not two. I mean, we're 14 minutes yeah, away, I guess, from near. two full games. They played an extra of 46 minutes of overtime hockey because in playoffs they have different rules as well. Yeah. It would normally go to a shootout, but no, this one must be finished on the ice, boys. Five on five as oh, well, yeah. not even going down to four on four. We had a goalie just quit in the middle of it. What happened to him and our guy, who we need to not maybe say we don't want to ever see again, like I just said yesterday. Louis Domingue comes in as a chef. Always beast, And cooks up a dub for the Pittsburgh yeah. Penguins. Gino Malkin gets a goal. Sidney Crosby, uh, you know, multiple assists. The Gensel almost had a fucking hat trick in New York. Mm-hmm. The bread man from the Rangers couldn't uh, get the job done. Uh, so our Super Boost didn't hit. So shout out. I didn't know they wore that many. Honestly, I had no idea it was that many suits in the arena. Oh, yeah. For the Rangers. Okay? That's on me. 
Penns have played the Islanders the last couple of years in big-time games. So I see the Islanders' barn and uh-huh. what they were doing, and I think I just automatically assume that. Too many suits in that Rangers Sold game. Sold the Earth Islanders. Fans. Yeah, I had too many suits in there for, for my liking. And obviously, I'm very thankful that the Penns got a big win. But what happened to the goalie, and why Louis Domingue go in two and a half overtimes into a game and get a win and stand on his fucking head? Say percentage 1.00 last night for old Louis Domingue. Yeah, you mentioned it. 17 saves coming in cold, no warm-up after eating the spicy pork and, and broccoli. Uh, no mention yet on what happened to Casey DeSmith. Initially, everyone thought it was a cramp. Uh, he just kind of left in the middle of the game. There wasn't really a collision. I wonder if he was falling asleep like me. Could have been. Yeah. He might have been nodding off. He's so yeah. bored. All right. I, I need to get out of here. One more time. This thing, I'm going to hit the ice. Yeah. Hey, I will say, for going that long, the guys held up pretty well. Usually, it gets real sludgy and slow, and it's kind of poor play. They they kept the pace as best they could. How about first playoff game? They got to play two games. They're going to be dead the rest oh of the fucking God. thing. Not good. That is such an excruciatingly tiring sport, too, hockey. Mm-hmm. They're just going out there and sprinting, basically. They're just sprinting for 40 seconds to a minute. Then they go onto the bench. Then they're out there. And some guys are getting stranded, especially in overtime, because guys are getting a little Damn. bit more tired. So they're getting stranded out there. Minute 15, I think some oh, yeah, people were going. Minute 30 last night. People were dying on the ice. There's only one thing left to do, then. You sweep the Rangers and get some time off before the next series. That's right, Sid. Rally the boys. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Joining us now is a man that would... He'd play six overtimes if he had to. Yeah, easily. I think I was a part of a game that had five overtimes. Louisville. Oh, in college? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. The dog fights? Five or six overtimes. Maybe four. Uh, five, I think. Damn. It was a long night. I mean, that, yeah. was, that was a long game. A lot happened. That type of shit's crazy. Because at any moment, one fuck up, it's over. All of this, all of this, the last, you know... Hour 40 of us just battling, one accidental slip, fucking game over. One penalty, that's stupid, and the other team gets on a power play, fucking game over. Now, it should have been a five-minute major in the fucking first period. Pens would have been up 6-2 to two after that because mm-hmm. we would have just won on a power play run against them. But nonetheless, the Rangers fans are complaining about the refs. Okay, oh, of course. we lost Dick Rickle, pal. Come yeah. on. No yeah, place got... for that in the game. No, and it was a two-minute regular basic. Get out of here. Uh, to be completely here. objective and fair, I will say I – I didn't hate the refs turning that into a two-minute minor because or two-minute minor because it is the playoffs. Uh, as far as the overturned goal concerns, uh, I would like to say to the goal. Rangers fans, I apologize. Uh, I apologize that you blew a two-goal lead. Oh, oh, I'm that sorry. you couldn't score a goal on a 30-year-old journeyman ECH. He had spicy J and broccoli. I'm sorry that you think the league wants Sydney to Crosby win, Crosby to win everything. You're the best market. You're the best, biggest TV yeah. market they have. Yeah, they would want the Rangers to win. Yeah, Clans. Had a baby Nick. Get over it. Shout out to Louis Domingue, wow. man. You started out there, you lost me. I want to let you know, first sentence, you lost me. About one, being okay with them overturning that from a five-minute major into a base gas penalty. I was like, oh, treason, almost. <laughs> but then you went on a full run about, hey, fucking get over it. If we lose that game, by the way, I am bitching, leading off the show about that thing not being a five-minute major. Have to. Leading off the show. You can't just... Hook the goalie, by the way, probably hurt him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he took a run at the goalie, and then they're complaining about it. Get the guy. Ah. Join us now. Got to overcome it. An absolute superstar of a man, college football national champion, Super Bowl champion, Ryder Cup champion, COVID survivor, AJ Hall. Hey, let's go, Centerville. 
That's right. You guys uh, jumped right in the middle of hockey talk, huh? So your Pens got the big win last night. Is that their last one of the playoffs? Well, was, what? Hey, hey, we got three more at least wins. You, you're the one that told me hockey season's over and that the Penguins are dead. So Casey, that's all I'm going off. Well, of. first of all, when it was dead, we had no goalie. Mm-hmm. Then I learned that this is uh, the Smith character. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. pretty good goalie. Okay, so we got a goalie off. And I know hockey too much. You know, the thing I know too much about it. That's why they call me the hockey aficionado. If you don't have a goalie, you're fucked in the playoffs, okay? The reason why I know that is because when every single game is on national television is the playoffs, that's when I get to watch the Penguins in the most consecutive days. Now that they're on ESPN+, Plus, it's very nice, but for a long time, when we would go on a playoff run and we had a goalie that forgot how to play goalie, it was fucking over. The game was over. Mm-hmm. Nothing mattered. You could have the best players on the ice. They could be have oh, incredible rhythm and passing yep. and smashing and everything like that. You got a goalie that ain't got a fucking glove, you're done. It's over. Because mm-hmm. those guys are snipers with the puck on yeah. the other team. They can be doofuses out there, be a much worse team. If they have a goalie that is unstoppable or unbeatable, they're going to win. That's just how it goes. We lost our fucking guy, okay, as the season was getting important. Backup guy, didn't know he existed before announcing that he was going to be the starter. He played pretty good. Then, two overtimes in the last night, first fucking playoff game for Lord Stanley's Cup. He subs himself out, and Louis Domingue comes in. Lightning Lou. This dude had just got done eating broccoli and spicy chicken. Legit, they showed his meal that he was eating in between the second overtime and the third overtime or whatever because he was just like, uh, he thought it was a joke when they told him he was going in. Hey, you're going in. What? (laughs) I haven't moved in four hours, he says. I've been sitting here with no helmet on and baseball cap on the side in the smallest portion with the largest pads out of everybody's way for the last five hours. What are we even doing? 17 stops. Fucking leads the We're winning the goddamn cup again. Now we're back. I know too much about hockey. That's why I was negative earlier, saying it's over because we didn't have a goalie. Now we got fucking two of them. One of them subs himself out. The other one comes in. They're like the fucking hawking animal. The road warriors right now. The Pittsburgh Penguins got two goalies that are beating oh, Igor's from Zuzanowski. Uh-huh. All right, that's why. AJ, so hockey is back, pal. Okay, fair enough. I, I understand now. Does, are you going to have to DoorDash this guy, P.F. Chang's, in between every period now from here on out? P.F. Chang's would be an upgrade from what he was eating yeah. in the period. Yes, yeah, it was bad. Oh, what, where did, he, did he pack it with him? I think it was Arena. I think it was yeah, Arena. Cafeteria food. Yeah, Arena cafeteria food. Stupid garden food. They're all in khaki serving that shit. Mm-hmm. So Why are you so distraught of that? Was it just everyone's dressed up at MSG or what? Yeah, it was like Ole Miss. It looked like an Ole Miss football game. You know where like it's the Saturday cocktail party or whatever? Everybody's dressed up. Sure. I just... I. I mean, I think it's strictly because we're playing against them. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to find everything to bury them about. But I did start noticing a lot of khakis. I was like, God damn, there is a lot of khakis in the stands here. And you would think that the playoff tickets, especially where they're in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Those tickets are going to be very expensive. So probably going to be, you know, certain echelon of human there anyways. But hockey space be a rompous atmosphere. It didn't feel like it to me last night. But that's because Louis Domingue was able to get off the bench and have a fucking shutout performance while sitting in there all evening. Well, and when you look around, like, at the other, you know, teams as fans, you know, the Bruins, not many khakis. I don't think there's a lot of khakis in Pittsburgh. The Islanders, who you just brought up. By the way, our colors would go well with khakis. It, it, absolutely. Absolutely. And still, you know, everyone's rocking their custom, you know. Jorts. Board. Put the jorts. I want to see jorts in the States. Bingo. All right. I want to see Bucks flying. That's- I was going to attack them for not being... Uh, respectful for the game in their khakis. 
uh, if they didn't throw their hats onto the ice, if Gensel got a hat trick. Like that, that, that tweet was sitting on deck, me attacking the Rangers as just hockey fans as a whole. I got nothing against them, really, but right now we got we to take them out. Well, you have to. We haven't won a playoff series since, what, 2016 or something like Jeez. that. Depends. Depends? Uh, since 1819. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. still. Wait. Where's Lundquist? 1819? <laughs> yeah, Lundquist is coming on that talkie talk tonight. What? Is he really? Hank oh. Lundquist, yep. Friend of Rupper. Oh, shit. Oh, fucking Holy shit. Hank. The king? king. The king? That man's too good looking. It could be on Hockey Talk. No, no. There's a lot of attractive dudes on yeah, Hamm John Hamm was on. Yeah. Oh, true. And Gumpy and Hank's Nick and Rob, obviously. Uh, -huh. uh, let's talk about the NFL international games. No, no, no. I don't want to talk about that with you. I want to talk about something else. Tannehill. He's getting killed and buried right now in all of this, okay? So Tannehill talking about, hey, it's not my job to move. I think we have the video, actually. Let's run the video of Ryan Tannehill talking about Malik. Willis getting drafted to the Tennessee Titans. In a quarterback room in the same room, you know, we're we're competing against each other. We're uh, you know watching the same tape. We're, we're doing the same drills. Uh, I don't think it's my job to mentor him, but um, you know, if he learns learns from me along the way, then um, then that's a great thing. No ill intent, I don't think. He just said like, hey, it's not my job to mentor him. It didn't sound like he was putting him down. But I think the bigger story here is this happens at every position, right? The NFL is trying to get younger and cheaper at every single position. When it happens at the quarterback position, obviously it's conversation because quarterbacks run the league. Now, to learn a little bit more about Ryan Tannehill and his state of mind, we have to look deeper into his conversation yesterday in his press conference. I guess after the loss to the Bengals. Second straight year, losing a playoff game at home, their first playoff game, not being able to get past uh, two years ago the Ravens last year the Bengals he said he went into a very dark place like hey he said it's a deep scar uh, Tannehill said of the loss every time I closed my eyes I kind of rewatched the game I didn't get a whole lot of sleep for weeks I was in a dark place and it took me a while a lot of work to get out of it I've worked through it but therapy talking to people time helped it took a lot of work to get through it Tannehill said uh, he had a lot of therapy sessions and is now uh, able to look back on the game and learn from it while moving on speaking of therapy he actually said this is the first time that I absolutely needed therapy to pull me out of a dark space now that that's via ESPN. Paul Kuharski had a video. Tannehill, whenever he was asked that question, is like, man, just a few weeks ago, I fucking didn't even want to be. I, I'm not a coach now. I'm not, I'm trying to figure my own shit out. I'm trying to fucking win a playoff game here. They just paid me $100 million a couple years ago. Like, there's a lot of expectations around here. I hope this dude does great. If he learns from me, that's awesome. But I think Tannehill probably made a decision as he was going through all that, like, I have to commit myself fully to whatever he's going to do. And I think that's getting lost in the discussion of mentorship as a whole in this entire situation. Yeah, I think this is, it's interesting seeing this. Uh, I mean, what he's saying is true. He's absolutely, it's factual. Like, he's not his job to mentor anybody. Now, yes, you should you most likely should it happen naturally? Yes, it should. You don't need, it doesn't need to be forced upon uh, from the media and other people. The question you could ask, I'd ask Malik Willis, hey, do you, are you looking forward to having Tannehill? Or are you looking forward to learning from Tannehill? You don't have to say like from him being a mentor, like put an official title to it. But is Tannehill even old enough to know? Or to have seen when Favre said like it wasn't his job to to coach Aaron when he came in? No, uh, maybe. Yeah, I'd assume he's a fan of the game. He's a wide receiver, too. So I'd assume he paid attention to all that stuff. Remember Tannehill back in the day? I mean, it was Wada. a big deal back then. Do you remember that when Brett, like they asked Brett and he's like, it's not my job meant to worry about you. Big whatever. deal with Brett and Aaron. Big deal with Ben Roethlisberger and Mason Rudolph a couple years ago when Ben basically said, it is not my job to be a mentor in 
I think there's two different ways to look at it, and obviously everybody's torn, and you kind of alluded to it, like, should it happen naturally? Yes, but in a movie, right, when people are writing a movie, especially about their favorite players or a quarterback, an NFL quarterback, in the movie, you know, the feel-good movie, that person is turning over every single piece of game that they had acquired through their entire NFL career, all their bumps and lumps and scars and hours of work and things that they picked up through hard, hard, hard knowledge. They just got to turn that over in the first month or two so they can hand the keys over to their job and a position immediately. That, that, that's how it is. That how people expect it to go, though, honestly. I guess. I mean, I, I think this is – I know you had Dane on here, and he said this is overblown, and I agree. Like, it is overblown, all this talk about what you're going to do. I have I, – I would imagine Tannehill seems like a great guy. He and Willis are going to have a great relationship. They're, he is going to be his quasi-mentor without having to sit there and get a notary to sign off that's saying this is what I'm going to do. Like, it's going to happen naturally. But the question is how do you want to handle it publicly with the media? Yeah, of course. I, like, the question being asked, like, I can understand Tannehill's head – and his mind saying, yeah, what do you, yeah, of course. No, I'm going to go out here and I have to, I have to play great football or I'm not going to be on this team whether he's here or not. Hold on. What if he gives an answer where he's fully focused on mentoring Malik Willis? The fans are going to say, this guy isn't focused on winning games right now. Yeah. What the he's hell? just handing over his job. That's he should have gone the other way. He should have gone, you know what? I'm going to, every waking second of my life now is committed to making Malik Willis the best quarterback possible. What if he would have done that? I'm fucking giving him tests. You think you think what he's getting from the coaches is going to be tough? Wait until I'm testing him on Wednesday morning about what's coming in on the Wednesday install. That's what Malik Willis is looking to. I'm focused on that much more than I'm even focused on winning games because like right now, that's what matters. Okay, so he would he should get tell him, murdered. Hey, he should tell him, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight for Willis to get first-team reps. I'm going to give him some of my reps <laughs> yeah. every single day. Yeah, because in a lot of places, the backup gets, like, next to no reps with the starters. Not here. I'm actually sacrificing 75% of them. Uh-huh. Hey, he needs I wish he would have trolled everybody and done something like that. But that's, I think that's why what you're referring to is important. Like, this is going to naturally happen. Tannehill doesn't seem like a fucking dick of a person. If they're both good dudes, if Tannehill seems like a good dude, Malik Willis seems like a good dude, I have a feeling they're going to get along very well. Yeah, there's no ill intent in Paul Kuharski's video. You know, he's like, it's not, it wasn't like, uh, I'm shutting down every conversation, but we are in a quarterback room together. And if he learns stuff, he's going to learn stuff. I enjoy it, but there's been split. Kurt Warner said, if anybody needs mentoring, call me. Uh-huh. I will never understand that I'm not here to mentor the next guy mentality. So for all you young QBs that need a mentor, DM me and I'll be that guy. Happy to help in any way I can. By the way, young quarterback should hit up Kurt Warner and try to get some information out of him. And I think anytime you can get uh, free advice from somebody that's been there, done that in any field that you are currently trying to attack, you should go and get advice uh, or be mentored. With that being said, Kurt also knows where Tannehill's coming from. Yeah. You know, he also Absolutely. knows. Yeah, he knows where Tannehill's coming from. Absolutely. Yeah, of people, course, you're not going to be happy about it. You're going to be pissed, but it, that's, that's what drives every athlete. Like, you know, giving it to like, okay, somebody when I was in the third grade looked at me wrong. Okay, well, I'm 35 years old, but I'm still, it still feels good because I'm proving that person wrong. Like, that's what drives athletes. Hey, that person really said some shit uh-huh. <laughs> way back. You remember that? But that's real. That is very real. What were you going to say, Connor? Like, people are acting as if, you know, Tannehill's saying, like, yeah, if Malik Willis asked me a question, I'm going to tell him to fuck off. Like, that's obviously not the case. And you talked about it with Luck and Peyton. Like, you didn't think he needed to just, like, mentor him, teach him everything. But just for him to see how Watch. you're supposed to act, yes. yeah, is more important than actually, like, having the QB1 or the veteran sit you down and basically walk you through, like, every game or practice. Especially with how smart Andrew Luck was, if he would have just seen just one, all he needs is one 
instance of each situation, and it would have been like, oh, I'm I'm allowed to have the confidence to say, nah, we ain't doing that. Yeah. Like that is that was Peyton, a th- Peyton probably saw that from somebody at some some form at some point in his career. I'm guessing like, oh, okay, I can be this guy. Maybe it was his dad. Maybe it was other people, mm-hmm. but. He saw that too, probably, where he was like, all right, and he, he banked that in the back of his brain. Like, hey, I'm allowed to say this ain't, we're not doing that. Like, that's not, I'm much more comfortable with this situation right here. This is what we're going to do. That's why I think in my eyes, and I guess you lived it, but in a lot of people that have been around or been lucky enough to be on a team where a quarterback is, you know, a guy, like, hearing that Aaron had no say for like 15 years, yeah. that was wild to me. That was absolutely, I was, I was mind blown. I just automatically, because I am an idiot, I am a sports stooge. Uh, what I experience, I just assume a lot of people have experienced, and that's just kind of how it is. So whenever I see Peyton do his thing, and then he's also in the pantheon of the same exact people there, you just assume that's the case. It is not, but they're changing. They're changing, mm-hmm. they're coming around. And let's talk about what Dan Orlovsky said in the first hour. He talked about how the Green Bay Packers did not address needs that they have to get to the Super Bowl. He actually gave a, a what the flip, maybe, uh-huh. yeah. or a what the fudge plus on the Packers draft. Uh, when you heard Aaron talk about how casual he was about how he probably he knew basically everything that was going to happen in the draft, what we were just talking about with Peyton, it feels like that's only good for the relationship. And I think that's only good for the program, by the way. When the quarterback is dialed in with the front office, with the head coach, and everybody's rowing the boat, Shout out Minnesota Shout in the out. same direction. Yeah. Did you get the same sense? And is that why you didn't overreact to the draft at all? Yeah, for sure. And because you assume because he has been talking to him and we know that there are still some veteran wide receivers out there, maybe that was, you know, a conversation like, hey, let's let's look into Jarvis Landry or something like that. I also think Dan didn't mention it, but I don't think Packers fans are acting like, oh, Devontae Adams, like they're just gonna be fine without him. Like, granted, Rogers does have a track record of making these guys who maybe aren't necessarily as good in the league making them much better but I also think you look at the Packers right now like they have one of the best backfield tandems in the NFL and the first year Rodgers was with Lafleur, they really relied on play action and and he was incredible like you know much better than he'd been in the last however many years in his career I think if he's comfortable with where their roster's at right now and where they're going and the vision that's been laid out and we assume he's been talking to them, then I don't know why fans would overreact to what happened in the draft. AJ, did Ty hit that right on the fucking head or not? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think Ty probably speaks for, for most Packer fans. The question for the Packers, though, who is going to be – you're not going to replace Devontae. We know that. But Aaron can throw people open and make people look very, very good. But who's going to be that dude that when they need something third and six? You're one-on-one. Who's going to be your guy that's going to win those one-on-ones consistently? We'll probably see someone grow into that role. Here's another stat that old Orslavsky dropped. 40 wide receivers have been drafted in the last something years. I don't know how many. Three years, two years? Yeah, two, first two, two rounds. rounds. Two years in the first two rounds. Whatever it was. 40 wide receivers in a short amount of time in the first two rounds. And 34 of them have gone on to have great success. Pretty darn good, really good, yeah. and great Success. Six of them were bust, or maybe it was 35, but he's pretty darn good, really good, and then great is the three tiers that 36 out of the 40 in the first two that have been drafted uh, have kind of, fall- in the first two rounds, have fallen into. So with the wide receivers getting better younger and these the thought that Green Bay missed out on one of those absolute stud early round quarterbacks, even though you got Christian Watson, Watson mm-hmm. and everything like that, He's all, I think he's only going to get better with A.J. Dillon and with the, the ability that Aaron has. 
And, and we talked about why that probably happened. And you said one of them is the scheme. All these new coaches utilize every single yard on the field to really make people get open. So that's why these younger guys are maybe having the success that they're having because they're able to run these routes that are basically just in there. And there isn't a, hey, everybody's got to read the defense to see what the defense is doing. Oh, they're in cover too. I got to go do this. But Aaron has kind of pieced that together alongside the floor's like scheme offense. And I think that is why they're probably looking for a certain type of wide receiver right now. Yeah. Got to be super smart. Got to be able to adjust. I think they're running an offense that's different than just the plug and place. I think they do have that with the floor. But if you remember, they had those Zoom calls where they would sit for hours and hours about what Aaron likes, what he likes. Aaron's an adjust at the line guy. LaFleur's a scheme guy. So they're probably trying to find a certain type of wide receiver that they can get in there. Brain-wise, football IQ-wise, ability to do certain routes-wise. I feel like they got a plan. It's hard for me to question that type of shit from people that are in the building making the decision. And I think it's okay to think that maybe like the first eight weeks of the year they're not going to be great. As, they're not because they're what they're losing quarterback coach, offensive coordinator, and Devontae. Like, but by when it matters, they're going to be good enough that they're going to get. They're going to be fine. They're going to win. They're probably going to win the the North easily. He said they're going to lose the Lions. Maybe. Whoa! Dang, once or twice. Oh, uh, you're right. Because once does happen. Yeah. Tip. I mean. Yeah. Last year was kind of a fluke because it was the last game of the season. But oh, is it going to be another, a Thanksgiving game? You think? I don't know. I don't Hayden so. Hutchinson, prime time against Aaron, Ooh. Motor City, Dan Campbell, oh, all that. That'd be awesome. Does Thanksgiving get that type of priority? Haven't some of the games been kind of? Are they have? Are they? We've stacked? been playing the Bears the last couple. Yeah. Of years. Which, yeah. So I think the reason why I think like the games kind of stink is because I guess the Lions are always in them. Yeah. So, uh huh. No offense to the Lions. Man. They never it's have the prime time game either. The Lions. It's always so it's the eleven a.m. Yeah. The Lions season's always over by then. The night game has been great. No offense to the Lions. We want we want you guys to be great. It's real. It's real. But we live in reality, and we apologize. And also, hey, how, how are the Red Wings doing in the NHL uh, playoffs? Oh, yeah. I thought hockey was over. I'm with AJ. I thought hockey was done. Well, it is for, you. for Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. It's Sorry. been kind of the norm around here. <laughs> hockey doesn't last much longer than a regular season no, around here. This is Detroit. <laughs> I'm not going to say uh -huh. you guys played a good game. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Two games. Remember, three overtimes. Uh -huh. Three-period game. Do the math. <laughs> Jesus. Why don't they make it three-on-three three or four-on-four? Four? That's what the regular season, right? Yeah, and then yeah it's the playoffs. They don't like doing that. They like keeping it pure. Yeah. Hey, we don't want any of these gimmicky no. bullshit to decide <laughs> our playoffs. Not for Lord Stanley. I mean, Cup. after the first overtime, just take the goalies out, maybe. All right. And play crossbar? Ooh, I don't know. If they were playing crossbar, then the Penguins had, what, eight goals in the overtime? Yeah, dude, who was the guy? Lefty snipe. I mean, he top ched. Gensel hit one. Rusty hit one. Oh, yeah. We had that thing won four times. Had I mean, Igor Zizkowski. Yeah, I mean, he was good. He was standing on his head like 83 good saves. Good goalie. 83 is. saves or something like that. Most saves in the history of uh, NHL playoffs. Yeah. One too short, though. He was though. a few off the record, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's a few off? Yeah. Who's got it? Luongo? Probably the guys who guessed him. I think Tim Thomas. No, I think it's Tommy Barrasso. Oh. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the international games, AJ. Those are three uh, hockey players that nobody knows. <laughs> Tommy Barrasso, they know. Ho hockey does terrible numbers on the internet for us. Oh, yeah. What? Bad. A lot of people are sending us a message <laughs> no every time we talk about it. Yeah, the whole world is sending us. Does hockey do great numbers on the internet somewhere else? No, that's the thing. Yeah, that's the... Uh, we need, like, baby. the basketball Spit highlight. Spit and chicklets. Spit and chicklets do good. Spit and chicklets, absolutely. You're trying yeah. to... They're bringing it in. They had Wayne Gretzky. Fucking Wayno? Yeah, fucking Wayno. Fucking Wayno on there? Yeah. Second greatest... Third greatest player of all time? Fourth. Fourth. <laughs> well, fifth, maybe. Fifth, if you're counting Stoner. 
Well, Bobby Orr's one. We know Phil that. Kessel. No, uh, that is not the case. Ma- Ma- yeah, that is. Mario's number one. Gordy Howe's yeah, Mario's number two, I think, in my ranking. Gordy Howe invented hockey. Well, see, he might have, but it got much better after he invented much. it. So. Actually, he was actually against James Naismith invented uh, <laughs> hockey. So. Yeah, and Lord Stanley was right there <laughs> with him. Of course. Him, yeah, Stan- Stanley Cup. Sydney's one. Mario's two. Yeah. I guess we'll put Wayne at three. That's, I That's mean, fair. that yeah, is absolutely absurd that you're not going to put Bobby Orr in there. Well, I, listen, who cares? Uh, everybody. <laughs> Bobby Orr is universal. I'm not doing a top five. All right? I'm only doing a top four. three. That's his number. Put him at number four. No, because that is all fucking right, hey, bullshit. Oh. He's on the Mount Rushmore. That's He's fucking on my bullshit. Mount Rushmore. No, no, Bobby Orr's no. on my Mount Rushmore. No. Hey, won. actually, I'm spelling my Mount Rushmore O-R-R at the end. Oh, Instead okay. of O-R-E, because he's right there at the end. He's the fourth one. Mount you know Rushmore. I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm doing. Good. I don't know. That's what I'm doing, yeah. That's mm. how much respect I have for him. I, uh, I, I only do top three normally, and that's kind of fucked up to the Mount, the or in Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Makes sense. You'd have Stoner at five there, because it's going to be chiseled in stone. I, I hate to say this about Stoner. <laughs> Get on a real franchise. Oh. Whoa! Yeah. 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 Oh. Who am I kidding? It. I don't care. Yeah. What? They make playoffs. Yeah. They're done. Yeah, Their fans true. are gone. Yeah. Oh, what about the Krakens? Cracking her dead. Yeah, they're very bad. The biggest story of the year was when that one coach got his life saved by the fan. Oh, yeah. yeah. The the coach was standing there. Equipment manager, maybe? I don't know. Some, he was on the bench, standing on the bench. He had something on his back of his neck or whatever. And the person sitting in front row was a lady. She was a doctor. And she, like, wrote on her phone, like, hey, you should get this checked out or something. And it was, like, cancer. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Like, something happened. Yeah. Vancouver yeah. lady. Yeah. you were going to say a spider. No, no, no. That was a growth of some sort. Yeah, melanoma or something. Is that what it was? I thought, yeah. That's the big storyline of the Kraken's year. That and uh, Marshawn was on the... Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Zambone. Yeah. Make sure you're getting your uh, SBF on. It's almost summertime. Giving Sean Kemp an extra small shirt. There it is. That yeah. was a big story. Oh, yeah. oh they bullied awesome. Sean Kemp. Big yeah. time. Gave him. That was kind of fucked up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what size shirt does that guy need? He's nine feet tall. How exactly. much? Exactly. Well, for oh. the fucking debut of the team, get him a goddamn 10X. If yeah. yeah, or a goddamn jersey. Medium. Can we get some tarps yeah. for these guys? I mean, what the hell? I don't know if they had them yet. They didn't have any sweaters? Probably not. They so that's a part tarps. of the story then. They, didn't have they, gave, uh, what's, they gave Joker a jersey in uh, Colorado last night, and it came down to like his elbows. Oh, so they're still trying to figure out the merch. Okay, okay. Probably, that's about. the story of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Kraken is still trying to figure. It. They'll get better. Hey, they'll get they'll better. Figure it out. Jokic is seven two though. I mean, can, can we just get a goddamn extra long sleeves or hey, something? He's a dog though. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he is hey, no. What way. makes him so good? I watched him. Like if you watch him play, he's giant. He can play point guard, but he's not like crazy explosive or anything like that. It's just. He's just savvy and really good. We, we should obviously hand this off to an NBA expert or somebody that at least yeah. watches. But for somebody that watched four games of his, the fact that he's that big, that fast, and able to do the things he does, I think is why he's so impressive. Because everybody automatically thinks of a big man. You think of a big man lumbering around and not really being that agile. The fact that he's making no-look passes and is kind of silky, I think, is the reason why everybody's so impressed with him. But he's also a lot like Luca. Like, Luca yes. doesn't look like yeah. he's blowing by anybody. But all of a sudden, he'll get separation, and then it's just buckets, and then he's talking shit. I feel like the European style of basketball is much different, but awesome. They're, they're yeah. crafty, and like they're nuanced, and they know how to use their body in ways that give them just a little bit of space so that they can get the shot off or pass off or whatever. He, I mean, one of the first times I watched him was when he did that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, Who is head. this guy? What is he? Well, and they're just lights-out shooters, though, too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the rim's bigger for them, it feels like. What's that all about? Well, they, the shots that they attempt are crazy. The fades. I mean, Dirk, I think. You know, they make it look like it's easy. Like when you, We used to mess around and like hit fades in the driveway. Like you know how tough it is, especially if you're doing like 
old school Jordan fades back in the day. Like you're fading back 10 feet. Yeah, and they're doing step back NBA threes right now. Like it's nothing. Almost. They start young too. It's it's similar to soccer. Like I think Luke oh, yeah. has been a pro since he's like 15. I think Jokic falls into that category too. Like they go to these teams and they play professional basketball for a long time, and then you know they go to the NBA and they're ready. There's a kid in the G League right now who. Uh, he joined at like 17 or 16. He was one of the kids that instead of going to the pros, he got like a G League contract, and now he's going to be eligible for the draft next year, and he's like tearing it up. And he'll only be 19 when he comes in. I hate to break it to all those European high school professional basketball players. Mm-hmm. If John Morant was to go over there, you fucking oh, not getting the ball. No. That dude is so fun to watch. Now, granted, last night I was watching Young Rock, Great episode. And the Penguins. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get to watch the Grizzlies versus Golden State. And I was wrong for that. But I also don't like that everything was scheduled on the same night. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could deal with that. Maybe we could put Memphis and Golden State in a spot where nobody's doing anything. Yeah. Because that is worthy of a watch, it feels like. every single. I guess Steph has said, hey, this is going to be fun. Jaw's talking his shit. I mean, I think Jaw put up, what, 40-some last night? Yeah, 47. 47. 47 last night. And then he got he was his- getting hurt with flagrants, too. Oh, that guy. He is a dog. Dog. I love this dude. Mm-hmm. He should be- he's the face of the NBA. How do you right guard now? him? I don't know how do you guard him. Well, they're trying. They're sitting off about ten feet and daring him to shoot threes, and he's making them right now. So it's yeah, he's like a was, gamer. That's yeah, the only chance you have is hope he has an off night shooting mm-hmm. from deep. It feels like he has like that AI gamer. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm like I'm gonna try to kill you, but then he also has this insane bounce. Yeah, he floats. Like there's one play last night where he like jumps basically in the paint and then is in the air long enough where Draymond Green jumps up, he falls down, and then Jaw like, adjusts and lays it in. It's ridiculous how high he can They're do. showing those videos of him doing leg exercises yeah. like as a, in, in high school in South Carolina, is that where Uh-huh, yeah, yeah so- him and Zion. That's what the real hope is as a whole, is that Zion just doesn't re-sign. Then he goes to Memphis, and then it's just Zion oh. and Jaw for the next 10 years. Memphis is going to be so pumped. Are you yeah. kidding me? They get Jaw and Zion. They're all young, too. Like, Jaw's obviously, he's 22 or something like that. But, like, there are other players that are one of the guys that got ejected last night, Dylan Brooks, and then this other guy, Desmond Bain. Like, they're all young, under 25. Hey, this is how you become a megastar, by the way. You just got to make the playoffs. Like, what? LeBron made playoffs for 20 years. So he's on the, he's playing in the basketball that really only anybody watches, like, outside of the NBA world. Mm -hmm. This is the only basketball that gets watched by anybody. And it's always on primetime, you know? This is when you become superstar, megastar. Not that, you know, he's not going to become that anyways. But if you're on national TV, who gives a fuck what city you're in? If you're in Memphis, Mm -hmm. it does not matter. He's becoming a guy. And I think LeBron's on a beach right now. He's probably Mm -hmm. enjoying this, I would assume. LeBron's tweeting about him, right? Mm -hmm. He's tweeting about everyone. Oh, he's watching? Yeah, he's very tuned in. The king's got his eye Uh on the crowns. This isn't zero dark. 23 or no, whatever? because he's not, not in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. It's only playoff time. Everyone's just hoping that, you know, John Morant, Kevin Durant, and it's not Greg Oden and Zion, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those guys that go number two turn out to be absolute superstars, and the uh, guys that go number one who can't miss, you know, they play 80 games in their career and they never play again. Zion's back. Don't you worry about that. Let's get to a break. <laughs> Jesus. That was unbelievable. What a... What a rain on the NBA parade that was. I know. To his point, though, Ben Simmons and Brandon Ingram were one, too. Brandon Ingram's awesome. Ben Simmons was number one? Oh, yeah. yeah. Where'd Dame Dog go? Six, maybe? Five? Dog. Dog. I mean, Giannis was 15. Kawhi was 15. Uh, 
Who was six? Luca was six. Where Tyler Hansburg go? Tyler Hansburg, twenty eight, twenty something, undrafted. No, no, he went to the Pacers. He was here. Yeah, Yeah. he had a parade. They had a parade for old Hansburg coming. He was the end of the Pacers. I think when Hansburg came here, everyone was like, "All right, they don't know what they're fucking doing." That's not true. I met him a couple clubs. He's a nice guy. Great guy guy. and hell of a college basketball player. Pick thirteen. Yeah, thirteen. Pacers lottery pick. Why are we picking a thirteen? What was going on with the team? Who got picked after that? Carson, very good guess. Watch it. We're not, we don't need to do the whole Mitch Trubisky thing. Right no, now. not at all. I He's love Hansborough. That's your quarterback. Diggs almost, Diggs, almost, <laughs> Diggs almost felt obligated to defend the guy. <laughs> and then Diggs realized he might not even be the starter this year, so I don't even know if I need to go to bat for him right now. I guess uh, Trubisky and Kenny Pickett have been friends since, like, high school. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, I believe Mitch hosted him on a on a visit. I don't nice. know. At UNC. Yeah. And they've kept in touch, I guess. So that's like. So is he going to mentor him? Well, yeah. I guess they already has, is what everybody's saying. Like they've kept in touch. So that's they're all. Uh, everybody's focused on a championship, mm-hmm. is what Mitchell Trubisky and Kenny Pickett said. That seems like it'll be a, a good little union. I'll see, let's see how uh, will they will there be pressure to put Kenny in early though. And then how will Mitchell handle that? Yeah, Kenny I is the most that NFL. I fear are not going to be nice. Mitch has got to be lights out. It's the only thing. Yeah, the answers get a bit antsy. It's very antsy. <laughs> Even with Ben. Ben was there for 27 yeah. uh-huh. years. Yeah. And as soon as he started, you know, throwing that ball a little quicker than they thought, like, oh, this guy's scared to get hit. This guy's scared <laughs> to get hit behind him, ball. And then the punter's coming on. Mm-hmm. Get this fucking retire, this guy. Nailed retire. It. Then he throws a touchdown. Yeah. That's the Ben I know. He's hey. fucking back. Ben's back. <laughs> fucking all. That was one, one more year. Uh, my things are out, so if anybody's speaking in the back, I do apologize. Ooh, Nick said one more year when Ben throws a touchdown. Yeah, oh, yeah, bro, he's coming back. By the way, what? Yeah. I hope he's calling plays by week four. What if he is just so bored and then he's got that fucking little kick? <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's fucking calling it. Ice pack on his elbow. Hey, still. listen up, Kenny. That's what I need from you. <laughs> Mason Rudolph going to be competing for that backup role. Goddamn right. As long as cut him. Yeah, yeah. He's in Pittsburgh. Cut him now. They need to bring in. The one, the only, the man who went to Pitt, the man who was an Oakland Raider, uh, the man who knows Matt Canada's offense, ran Matt Canada's offense in college. The one, the only, can't remember his name. I've been trying to name him. I thought you were going to say he throws a very catchable ball. Yeah. <laughs> like he, he chose not to bear. Is he the guy that had six picks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, against the, the first Jacks. half, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah, six picks. But he'd be Sud- a great backup. Sudfeld? No, Sudfeld is... Sudfeld's the fourth quarter quarterback that went in for Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And he's number one now at the Philly And then Kelsey State almost Park. fought Peterson. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he said, are you fucking throwing the game right now, putting <laughs> yeah. this this guy in? I just want to see what... What Doug said, I just want to see what he has. see what he can do. Yeah. <laughs> and then that screenshot, I think, was a little after that one. Carson. Uh-huh. And him and Jalen. That's Sudfeld. Peterman was with Buffalo when he did that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Then the Raiders. Gruden loved him. He threw, I think, 85 passes in preseason last year in two games. Oh, yeah. Look out for Nathan Peterman. Yeah. I'll tell you what, <laughs> be man. be a great third string for the Steelers. What's John Gruden doing? Mason. Well. Was that just last year? So he just yes. got pushed out this past camp, right? Right no, before it? During the season. During yeah. The season. Not in camp. Middle like, of week, week six or yeah. something. Yeah. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. yeah. That feels like three years ago. Hey, time mm-hmm. flies. We're having fun. Right, That's boy? right. <laughs> Hey, welcome back to the Pat McAfee Show. All men want to feel confident in the sack. Ain't that right? That's yeah. exactly right. But did you know that 52% of men will experience ED at some point? That's erectile Whoa. dysfunction, AJ. What does that mean exactly? Well, it means you, 
the blood isn't flowing properly to your baby maker. More men experience ED than don't, and a lot of guys out there let erectile dysfunction get in the way of their big moment in the sack. Damn. If this sounds like something you've dealt with, you can take care of it with their help from today's sponsor, Roman. Yeah. The whole process is very straightforward, discreet. Ooh, Nobody will like know, that. and we'll help you make sure you're ready for the occasion. So get Roman ready and go to GetRoman.com slash Pat, where you'll get $15 off your first month of ED treatment, plus free two-day shipping. Take advantage of this special discount and get $15 off your first month of good times in the bedroom. Yeah. Hell yeah. We're talking Louisville Sluggers. Yeah. Lightsabers. Not sure it'll grow, but it will go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's what we're talking about yeah. here, AJ. You mean it'll get rock hard? You got it. Yeah, dude. Nailed it. Join us now is a man who knows all things <laughs> happening around the NFL. Senior NFL insider at the NFL <laughs> Network, NFL.com, and the league as a whole. Host of the weekly wrap-up with Rap Sheet and Friends. Us being the friends, he being Rap Sheet. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. Rap What's up, dude? I was wondering what your transition was going to be, but I thought just doing a clean break from the promo into me, I thought that was probably what was best for all parties well thank you that's good hosting you know i've been watching other hosts on how they transition from one subject to another because i can't do it it's hard for me to move to the next thing it's like i think we should continue to talk about this and but people literally just stop what they're saying almost like turn their head and just go directly into something new (laughs) with zero transition zero anything at all and these people are like very highly paid hosts and i'm like is that what i'm supposed to do are they taught that in journalism school is that what i missed out on i'm wondering no, I, I feel like you've really found a good sweet spot between generally ignoring what was being talked about before and moving on and making like a somewhat sarcastic but generally comical transition to go from one to the other. It's a really good sweet spot. I right. feel like you found it. Thank you. That's good judgment from a man who did some judging of his own during the draft. Yeah. Okay, right. You said something very nice about me right there, and I thank you for it, especially with that Columbia hat. You just look oh, smart. Wow. You just look smart. Ivy League. You just look smart. Yeah. Hey, what happened with the Matt Corral thing? Why did you think that that was needed to be said, do you think? Did you feel like that was a vital piece of information on why Matt Corral went where he was at? And I know that you've seen the internet's reaction to that you had to have, right? You're, I did. He's a human, you know? That's the biggest day of his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's Understood. what a lot of people are thinking. What were your thoughts in it? All right, good question. Um, and this is one that I got a lot, and some people were very angry. A lot of old Miss people were very angry. And it's, you know, not on the subject of Matt Corral, but anytime I mention Ole Miss... My wife went to Mississippi State, which is a rival, and it probably seems to 90% of your audience like that's really dumb. But in the South, they take it very seriously. Uh, so I actually texted my wife like, hey, I said some stuff about Matt Corral, so like you may get some comments from Ole Miss people because like, there are some people who think that I report a certain way based on where my wife went to school, which is obviously ridiculous. But I'm Ian, just saying, what do you like, say about him? Okay, so when Matt Corral went the third round instead of the first round, you know, one of the biggest questions and one of my biggest roles during the draft is like, why did a guy fall? Right. So when Nicobe D was falling, the producer gets in my ear and they're like, Hey, can you explain this? Like, yes, I can. He had some injuries. Some people thought he needs shoulder surgery. He thinks he doesn't. Hopefully that's the case, but that's why teams viewed the risk as what it was. And that's why he fell with Matt Corral. It was a lot of the off the field issues they dealt with from high school. Right. And so when teams are evaluating Corral, what I said in this report right after he was drafted, so something that, and I don't know if this matters, but I don't love to report this stuff before a guy gets drafted because I 
worry that the media some unless it has to come out unless it's literally like hard news like you know a guy broke his arm like that's gonna you know unless it's like that this is more background information so I waited till after the draft and I discussed how the Panthers thought he had the best film which is true what kind of a prospect he was which was a good one and then I went into the other stuff which was the off the field and it's what I did was discuss all of the stuff that Matt Corral had discussed publicly. So it was him getting him leaving high school, whether he was kicked out or not, based on a fight with uh, Wayne Gretzky's son. I talked about what Corral had said publicly, which is his battles with alcoholism and other. Um, he had battled depression, uh, which, you know, I think was probably something that most people had questions about. But this is something that he had been very proactive about and had addressed it publicly. So when he's talked about it in various articles, I felt like he's upfront about it. It's okay for me to be upfront about it. And I detailed all the reasons that he had fallen, all information that teams had. And it was the delivery though, wasn't it? Publicly. Hey, it was the delivery though. Don't you think like, don't you think that's something that people would expect you, especially because you are the people's insider basically to feather that a little bit more, even though it is known information. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, that's a, I think that's a good point, and I tried to do that. You know, you want it to be balanced, right? So I tried to say he was a great prospect. The Panthers loved his film. I talked about how he had addressed it publicly, and I laid out the issues. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I did a good enough job of, you know, was I empathetic enough in discussing it? I don't know. I've watched it back a lot. But you didn't mean uh, to bury him, though. Like, right? That's not, that wasn't your no. intent. You were just literally trying to lay out why people had question marks. Right. And these are things that he had said in the past. Because right. I think with how matter-of-factly that you delivered it, because you are, when you're on TV, like, it's it, in, I didn't even know about your wife being a dog, a budo. Dog. I didn't know that was the case. And by the way, that, <laughs> that certainly does, in my eyes... I mean, it didn't sway me away from being like, oh, Ian took some shots at this guy. But, but I mean, what are, nonetheless here, I think that is why. It was just the delivery was the thing as opposed yeah. to in the timing of it all. But that's real right. shit, though, that people had to actually think about, you know? And he's also yeah. a symbol of somebody that has battled through stuff and has made it. So it could have been a little bit. I think that is why people right. have questions about I, it. I would agree with that. And, you know, I always, when I'm on, let's say, like NFL Now, our, our afternoon show, I got a lot of time. I can say whatever I want. The draft is a little different because it's fast. Like if you go back and look, which I you would never do this, but go back and look at all the different hits I did. They're all about 20 seconds. But very quick. Talk, it's very quick. And so for me, it was like I had to get a lot of information in a short period of time. I wanted to make sure to give the whole picture because people are going to say, why did this very talented player fall? I needed to tell them. And so, yeah, I mean, I wondered if I said it too fast, if I wasn't empathetic enough because – if Matt Corral succeeds, he will be a fantastic symbol of overcoming a lot. If he doesn't, if this stuff catches up to him and he was what he was in college and, and that won't happen. He's going, Hey, he's growing. He's growing. I I hope you are right. Yeah. Um, And, and I think that, but that's why he went where he went because if he's great, then look, he's the Panther starting quarterback for 10 years. If he's not, it's a, not as much a risk because he went the third, third round, but it's my job. I think, to explain all of that. You think that's why they're out? Are they still in the veteran quarterback market or do they feel very good about the guy that they got, you think? I don't think they're in it right now. I think there is a possibility. Let's say they get through OTAs and mini camp or maybe even training camp. And let's say Sam Darnold is in. Hey, they're, hey they're in what? Phase two right now of OTAs, everybody? 
Yeah, they're in phase two for I think a couple more weeks, or should be soon actually. Then OTAs, and then mini OTAs for like three weeks. Then mini camp on the field. Um, uh, offense is only allowed on the field with offense. Defense is only allowed on the field with defense. Special teams only allowed on the field with special teams. That's phase two. It's like the first rollout onto the field. Yeah. Okay, the first you. like kind of actual real football, basically. Yes, but so, okay, but not. <laughs> I know. But yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah, like, yeah. Fake. Yeah. Um, which is why when a guy shows up, doesn't show up, I'm always like, like, I get it, but it's he's not missing very much. Anyway, I think what if Sam Darnold isn't picking this up well, if they don't like what they see, if by training camp they're like, okay, this is not our starting quarterback, perhaps they go back in the Baker Mayfield or by that point Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think they're open to it, but not searching as of now. Okay, so my last question before AJ and the boys have some other ones around the NFL about some outstanding things since you've joined us. And by the way, I hope Matt Corral uh, doesn't hate you for what you did, but I'm assuming that his his friends and family do. I, I, just, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, look, it, but if he does, that that is okay. I, I hope he does it. Seems nice. Um, I If he does, that's okay. Because there are people who don't like me because of what I report. If it's even if it's true, it's just negative and they don't like it. I will never win over those people. But like my job, as we talked about, is to sort of serve, for lack of a better, it's a bad word, but you kind of know what I mean, to be for all people who are wondering, like, why did this guy fall? I have to explain. And so I'm sure Matt Corral was like, can this guy just shut up? But that's sort of unfortunately my job sometimes. Hey, you do serve the NFL audience very well, by the way. And we appreciate mm-hmm. you. But we did see you get caught up in it. And as I was listening yeah. to you say it, by the way, I was like, oh, shit, rap. Okay, here we go. But I learned a lot about Corral, who we once thought were going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler because of everything you said, by the oh, way. Yeah. We thought he'd be a perfect Steeler. Oh, yeah. so he was a, in the mix there. It's a, oh, he was. Here we go. He was in the mix there. Like, I think if... I don't know what they would have done in the end, but if Pickett was gone, they, he was one of the small group of guys they would have considered. Interesting. Okay. In the first round. Okay. And maybe we'll get some more draft details from the boys' questions for you, and we appreciate you joining us. I want to talk about the international business of the NFL. The schedule was released today. A couple games in England. We're in Germany. We're in Mexico City. It's throughout the yeah. season. This is the first trip to Germany, obviously. This is a massive ordeal because the fan base cool. over there. Hey, for us, the fan base in Germany, big. And I think it's strictly because we're an NFL show, and I assume the fan base for the NFL in Germany, massive as well. A lot of military there. I think they love the sport over there. Obviously, Bjorn Werner, incredible ping pong player. Not good enough, but he's a good ping pong player. Mm -hmm. He's okay. Uh, He's okay. Everybody in Germany, I think, grows up with a ping pong table at their house. I think. Not 100% sure. Uh, Did he beat you? This is not like us. Did he beat you? One time. One time. One time. One time. Wow. It was pretty embarrassing, though. He fucking smoked me. <laughs> he was very, very good. Actually had to buy a ping pong machine because wow. of Bjorn Werner. Yeah, it was like that. That was pretty You good. had to go to school. I like it. That's it, better than being, like, crying by yourself. You're like, I'm going to try to beat this guy. I bro, like I got it. fucking booed out of the team at, like, oh, lobby no. area. I was representing America, dude. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm a pretty good player. I'm a pretty good fucking player, too. Like, it was one of those things where it was like, I can't. 
had he was running me off the fucking table. I mean, it was it was bad news. He put some spin on it that I could not. It was just every time he hit it, I had zero zero confidence that it was going to hit the side of the table. Anyways, I got much better quickly, like I do with most things, by the way. And I believe we will run into Bjorn Werner hopefully mm -hmm. over there if we go to Germany this year. How fast do you think? Yeah, we might be going for the game over there. Might Ooh. be. I think I just leaked that right here. We're talking about game in general, but it feels like we have to go to Germany. Yeah. It like, feels like we have to. Just with the analytics that we have of people that watch in Germany and the game being over there and the NFL taking over the entire city. And I was talking about this. When I went and played in England, it was a festival of the, it was a super cool, Bowl right? Yeah. It was awesome. I assume it's only a matter of time for the NFL gets over there full time, or do you think that conversation has been held up because the Concord is no longer a three-hour flight from New York to London? That was great Concord details. I did not know that. Jim Irsay uh, said that to us the other day whenever you were on the golf course. Jim Irsay said, at one point, Concord was getting from New York to London in three hours, and then all of a sudden it just stopped. Like, what the hell? So I feel like that was potentially an actual conversation amongst owners. Like, hey, if it's only a three-hour trip, that's easier than L.A. to Boston. Yeah. I mean, that's like four and a half hours. So maybe they were thinking that was going to expedite the whole thing. But do you yeah. think they're going to go to Europe or no? What do you think the growth plan is? I think this is just my thoughts eventually. And I know, you know, Robert Kraft said at some point, I think three or four years ago, we'll be there in 10 years. It's not going to happen. Um, there's enough. He's a liar. No, liar. He's ahead of his time. He's a liar. Oh, yeah, he's ahead of, right. He had the story. It was just a little early. Boom. Um, then he gave a projection. I, I really, I, he's right. He's oh. going to be right. I, I do think eventually it's, it's really early. complicated in so many weird ways that don't actually have to do with like the field on Sunday. So, as you know, players come in and work out on Tuesdays. How are you? How many players are going to want to fly over to England for a Tuesday workout where there's a chance, like ten percent chance of being signed? Okay, well then, do you have a satellite office in America? Maybe you you know you could do it. The schedule would have to be sort of catered so everyone isn't flying eleven hours. It's very complicated. You also have to find a team willing to do it. And I know Jacksonville. Everyone sort of thinks Jacksonville will go to London, and maybe they will. But they are invested in Jacksonville right now. So I think eventually you'll get one. It would, it would take more money to make it happen just based on the logistics of it. But I think there are enough fans that it would be – I think eventually it will happen. If one goes to Europe before Canada, Canada's going to be mad. But they won't be allowed into our country because there will still be sure. a bunch of yep, protocols yep. and stuff. Go ahead, AJ. Ian, what uh, – what like is there a, a point in this in the spring or summer or even in the fall that we can look to like when is some stuff going to happen with Baker Jimmy G <laughs> I mean does Debo get situated or like in the next month or two where are we with all that yeah it's a daily show usually yeah uh, hopefully there's a sprinkle here and there so you guys have enough to talk about like thank, you, thank you Ian thank you Ian he cut a promo on a guy on draft day again <laughs> <laughs> you know you know. Sorry about that. Um, about I, the, the problem when you get to this point in the NFL calendar is there's no deadlines. So, like, a couple veterans will sign here and there. Like, Grady Jarrett signed a nice contract extension yesterday. Grady. Brady. Tyron Matthews signed with the Saints, which is cool. I That's think that good. actually no the um, There's no deadline. So, teams will settle in now to OTAs. They'll see, they'll want to see, they have rookie minicamp. They'll want to see their rookies. So, everything's going to slow down a little bit. So I don't get the sense there'll be anything Baker until maybe June at the earliest. Jimmy G is still not able to throw, so he's not going to be able to throw till June. So if he's going to be moved anywhere, maybe at the start of training camp or maybe into training camp. So you're getting to like a real kind of dead period now, which is not great for you guys. 
but is good for my golf game. Oh, okay. um, and so well, there's no real deadline to make anything happen. Uh, what, are you th- what are you hearing out of Arizona with Eric Burkhart, Kyler Murray, and the Arizona Cardinals? Because allegedly they are now moving on to focusing on extending Kyler. Was this something that they had agreed to once that letter went public from Burkhart? And now are they actually doing that? And how pumped is Kyler to not only have Hollywood Brown back, one of his best friends, but probably a couple hundred million dollars in guaranteed around the corner? Is that accurate? Uh, we'll see on how much is actually guaranteed because that is going to be one of the fights, mm-hmm. right? Like, just Deshaun Watson, based on several different metrics, is the highest paid in the NFL. Certainly, based on fully guaranteed money, he is. You can look at it a lot of different ways, but forty-six million dollars per year, not in new money, but just over the course of his contract, that's massive. Um, that I'm sure is what Kyler's going to want. The fully guaranteed battle will wage on. We'll see if he ends up getting that, but it's. It's going to be a lot. Uh, my sense is we're probably looking at either late, late June or early training camp. Jesus. Because that's, I know. That's forever. I, imagine if you're the one waiting for $100 million, which you've been there. I mean, I'm not going to say you've been there, but. You've got to dot all the I's across all the T's whenever something like that's happened. But you can't look too desperate either. You know what I mean? You can't look too desperate, even though, golly, uh, so, that train looks nice coming in. Jeez. I can only imagine. Can't lose um, leverage, though. Can't lose nope. leverage. Can't do it. Can't do it, Ian. Um, the Hollywood Brown thing is good. It made a lot more sense yet. And I understand why the Cardinals traded for Hollywood Brown, because by where they were in the draft, they their words or their view, they would not have gotten as talented receivers as Hollywood Brown. So that's why the trade makes sense. That was the, the rece- story. That was the story, you mean. That was the story. That was the story, and I believe some of that is definitely true. No. But losing DeAndre Hopkins for the first six games made it necessary, and so that's why these things... The I mean, you look at the... Of course. I mean, you look at the timing. It became public... Uh, what was it? Monday, because DeAndre Hopkins dropped his appeal. He didn't lose his appeal. He dropped his appeal. He dropped his appeal right after the draft while they maintain maximum leverage to get a receiver in there like, you know, nothing is by accident. How many people around the NFL know that? Do the Ravens know that he's potentially staring down suspension, Hopkins? I I don't believe the Ravens. Very – when when someone gets suspended, the union knows, the player knows, the team knows, the agent knows, the doctors know. Because that was a good deal. Hey, that was a good deal without the news of DeAndre Hopkins and them needing, like, absolutely needing a wide receiver, you know, which they would have, the Ravens would have taken advantage of completely in that deal if they would have known that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They would have. And, you know, this is not, it's not a present for Kyler because it doesn't work like that. You do what's best for the team, but you know he's happy to get one of his good buddies in there, his college teammate. Like, you know, I think Lamar was was hurting a little bit because those two were very close, and I certainly understand that. But Hollywood Brown is now going to be catching passes from his college quarterback, and the system fit is really good. Like I think it's, I think that will be a very, very good trade for the Cardinals. Ty, rap sheet uh, with some of these veteran wide receivers who are still out there. Is it kind of the same deal that you were mentioned with Baker? Are we just going to be kind of waiting around to see where these guys end up and uh, picking and choosing, or do you think there's going to be some movement on that a little bit sooner? I think we could get a little movement sooner. So there's Julio is available. Was that a light? Mm-hmm. Was that a light? <laughs> I, there's, there, there's very few things that make that sound. Um, anyway, yes. Uh, Julio is still available. And, like, 
you know, talk about OTAs. Like, I'm not sure Julio really needs to go to OTAs. He's like 32 years old or whatever. He's been there, done that. So he might be someone who might sign before minicamp. Um, Odell is still out there. Yeah. Jarvis oh. is still out there. I think I Jarvis will probably sign sooner rather than later. But Odell, I think you'd like a little more time to make sure he's healing properly. Sounds like that's going really, really well, though. Oh, yeah? But, I mean, oh, all those guys still on the board. That's that's rare this time of year. Really, really surprising to hear that one of the greatest athletes of all times, rehab, is going pretty good. <laughs> I know. This is why, like, I hate to report this. I know you're just joking, but, like, this is why I hate to report this stuff because, God forbid, you say someone's, like, you know, ahead of schedule and everyone's like, yeah, okay. Like, sure he is. Like, you see Odell's be. closet? Okay, oh, you see that closet in that house in Ohio? That dude's rehab is going quickly. Yeah. Right? He is one of the greatest athletes to walk this earth. We'll be on a national team, winning the World Cup in Qatar if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. Could probably play in the NBA if he would have focused on it full time. I mean, just freak show athlete rehab is going to go well. Sounds like soccer. He was, like, incredible. Well, he's very fast. I mean, that helps. And he's, he's fast. Yeah, he's, he's very fast. That helps a lot. Um, Ian. Uh, fuck. Right before we got, oh yeah, you ever watch Star Wars? Are you, Star Wars? <laughs> you definitely are. You're one of those nerds, aren't you? You're definitely no, 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 no. Not that it's a nerd's a bad thing. I'm just saying nerd is an all in on something. Oh, yeah. you know, no, nerd. I knew what you meant, and I'm definitely not one of them. Um, I've seen, I've seen the Star Wars vaguely. I never got into the whole fantasy movie stuff, so I've never seen Lord of the Rings. Never but seen you knew it. the sound. Then yeah. yeah, I knew, yeah. I knew the sound. I'm good like that. It's like, you know, I listen to a song, I can recognize the beat, where the original was, what it got sampled from, all that stuff. Oh, who's getting yeah, sued? Who's inevitably getting sued? If wow. Who's getting sued? Who's stealing money from it? Early days of rap, there was a lot of just thieving beats. Well, nowadays there's a lot too. Daft Punk used to get just pickpocketed every single beat that they created, actually, and then they teamed up with Kanye and made a. If I was going to steal from someone, that would be people to steal from. Yeah, Not absolutely. that I encourage any of that. Hey, you a music junkie? I don't know. Are you, uh, you into. Yeah. You, I, I still listen to the same old school rap music that I listened to when I was like 18 to 25. I think everybody does that. I think everybody does it because it's yeah. like it's the memories. Chris Cross? What is that? Chris Cross. Jump, I do. Jump, jump. Jump, jump. Jump, jump. I Chris Cross for my sons and they'll be like, this is weird. Dad, this is almost as bad as you Pez know? dispensers. <laughs> is that what they say to you? <laughs> no, we, we are still working through the buckets of Pez, by the way. Yeah, We're like forever. Yeah. It's literally forever. Oh, lifetime. Yeah. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Rap, she just ba- uh, on the same conversation as adding a team to the league. How does that work? Like, do they have one division with five teams, one conference with 17 teams, the other with 16, or they add two teams? I mean, if they were going to add, it would have to do two or four. I don't get the sense anything's on the horizon. Although I have to say, like, I, there was a cool article that the Buffalo News did on the Bills about uh, whether or not they were moving and how they basically got all that money from the mm-hmm. from the state from the city for better or worse eight fifty or six fifty eight it was eight fifty yeah it was substantial yeah, yeah. but anyway the they They're were talking about potentially Birmingham like they were talking about some interesting different places Birmingham? that if the NFL the they love football town. in Birmingham they do by the way Doctor uh, Andrews and Emmer down there that city's filled they get USL. yeah they're all the U- I think the USL is also down there which the what the the USL? Or did I mess up the league? No, that's the right one, right? What is it? it it's USFL, right? Yeah, you said oh, USL yeah. first, though. You you were going to oh, get both whatever. answers there. Yeah, it's, I'm a bit, I watch all the time. Um, oh. They would have to bring in... <laughs> they, 
<laughs> You're a terrible person. Nobody. I, we don't know if anybody's watching that. They should have made that a reality show immediately. Yep. Yep. Dana White said it yesterday. They couldn't get the fights on television, so they made the reality show, The Ultimate Fighter, and it was like the behind the scenes and the fights were featured on it. The USFL should have done a reality show that the... Was cr- that what they were obviously shooting when we found out the chicken salad and the pizza about yep. the Pittsburgh mm-hmm. team? Mm-hmm. That should be yeah. what's on the primetime slots with some shots of the games and then outcome of that. Just hard knocks, basically. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, that's what happened to F1, isn't it? Like, yeah. it t- it's Netflix. gone crazy because of that reality show. Netflix bumped F1. Yeah. And by yeah. the way, the setup in Miami this weekend. Ooh. Unbelievable. Ooh. Looks nice. Looks real I, nice. Uh, just played golf with a guy who was preparing himself mentally to go down there. He is. Very excited about it. I'm very jealous that I'm not going. Oh, is that that would be like your type of event, too. Yeah. Oh, who's oh, go, who's all down there? What are the booze? Yeah. Who are we well, going? we're going to the Kentucky Derby this week, which is also my oh, type oh, of event. Oh, yeah. okay. AJ's not. Are we, are we going to be talking on Friday with me all dolled up and uh, from the from the track or no? You're going to be dolled up. My wife uh, has arranged for some very stylish oh, outfits. Yeah. Ooh. You wearing a hat, Ian? No, I can't, no the, I can't mess up the hair. But I got... True. I do have sneakers with a with my seersucker, which I haven't done that a lot. We'll see how it goes, but I'm pretty excited. That is a fashionable move. Wow. That's an aggressive, fashionable move. Do you want look at the Met Gala and say, "Give me that wife"? Yeah, I would like that beautiful wife. Uh, I, uh, no, no. Why could you I would dress like, like Jared to to- Leto? Who's that other guy that uh, that looked like Jared Leto? In I mean, Odell was, Odell was oh, dressed was like that a, guy. <laughs> that guy has gone unnamed. That, we still are not sure what human that was. Did you see the peacock Who? costume? Let me see. It looked like Jared Leto. I thought it was Jared Leto. It was not Jared no, Leto. No, it is Jared. Wasn't Jared Leto was dressed up. like... Uh, I can't even, I don't in even In the know. silver? No. Jared Leto was dressed the exact same as one of his friends. But then there's this other guy that everyone says is Jared Leto, right. but it's not. <laughs> What's his name, Zito? Frederick Robertson. Oh, Frederick Robertson. No, that's fake. Yeah, no, definitely not. (laughs) Do you get invited to the Met Gala? And if you were, you would go immediately. Yes, that's a dream. I would go. I wouldn't say it's a dream. Look, nothing more that I would love. What a great charitable event to contribute to all the rich people who then get to go to the same whatever. The whole thing is ridiculous. But you do get to play dress up for a little bit, and I think just for that, that would be kind of fun. Did you go to Columbia? I did. That's like on the Columbia checklist, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Get invited to the Kennedy um, yeah. Art in D.C. I think that's one of the big ones. Then the Met Gala, and then what are the other ones? Oscars. So you can see Will do his thing. Some yeah. film festivals. Um, yeah. Now I've not done the film um, festivals. I feel like that would be uh, that would be quite the trip. Like four days could be some. Could be some booze, maybe some champagne. Oh, that's, gonna... that's on the list, too. Met Gala and some sort of... Cons. M- yeah, got to go to con. All right, go ahead, Tone. Con. Last question here, I believe, for... In, uh, uh, when's the next deadline for Debo? Are we not going to hear anything until training camp, or...? No, we're going to... Next thing is, like, does he show up for minicamp? Because obviously, like, and this is not... I don't think this is news at all. He's not that thrilled with the 49ers. They got some what? work to do. Okay, that is kind of news. Well, I mean, he requested a trade, so, you know, isn't isn't that big of a fan. And there's some things that they need to fix. And I think they addressed it because one thing that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have said is, like, they can be, you know, they're two pretty charismatic dudes. They can be pretty resilient. Like, they need to – they have some homework and some work to do to get this back in a proper place. They have time to do it. I know they've tried. But does he show up for minicamp is going to be a thing because then it's like, does he sh- if he doesn't show up, he's getting fined. If he does show up, maybe he does the whole, like, I show up, my back is hurting, or I have migraines, or I have hamstrings, and he, the hold in. 
could do that, but then he's still there, so that's kind of weird. Um, that's kind of the next thing is like, how do they proceed as a regular football player? When's that? End of June? Th that's end of June? That's why you said end of June, probably when we're going to find out more about a lot of these people? That's, I think, mid. I should have said mid-June. That's mid-June. Okay. That's mandatory yeah. minicamp. Mandatory. And that's when, like, that's sort of football. That's, like, as close to football as we get until training. Oh, yeah. I actually was on a team once I had a mandatory minicamp and actually just canceled one day of it because everybody showed up that wasn't mandatory. Mm -hmm. The only person that didn't show up to the stuff that wasn't mandatory that was voluntary showed up for mandatory, and he was hurt. So, <laughs> all right, can't play. That was, might as well just cancel the practice. We'll see you guys. <laughs> see you guys at training camp. There's no reason to continue to do this. That happened. It's Awesome. OTAs are always something special, you know? Never know what's going to come out of it. There's always heroes right now, too. This guy catching on quickly. Mm -hmm. This guy's catching oh, on quickly, yeah. and stories have to mm -hmm. happen. And then inevitably, probably never play. But, Ian, we appreciate the hell out of you, man. Thanks for joining us. Good luck with your invitation next year for the Met Gala and Con. Yeah, I appreciate it. I got, I got a lot of work to do to raise my, you know, whatever profile before them but 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 the show helps so we'll see how i do i don't know if we're the <sighs> no i don't know it's actually probably the opposite of help yeah we're probably hurting your little columbia yeah. clout there mm -hmm. when we come on this probably. show but we appreciate you for stopping by and spreading your big brain ladies and gentlemen ian rapport yeah. i feel like that's why you go to those ivy leagues right so you oh yeah go oh to yeah all those things and mm -hmm. be in all those stuff network well that's where you go network like you know, you're, you're running hedge funds and stuff. Columbia guys, that's what they're doing. Yeah, I've been watching Succession. I get it. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Did you dive in last night? No, 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 because uh, Penn's in Young Rock. Penn's, yep. that's right. Young Rock. Oh. Young Rock episode last night was real good. It's been great. Oh, so good. It has been really? great. Really? Mm -hmm. Well, Dwayne actually wrote this one himself. No shit? Last night's episode. How do you, how do you know that? Because I was told he was the writer on it. I believe okay. it. Stone Cold Steve Austin was in it. What? Yeah. Mankind. What? Vince McMahon. What? Bruce Pritchard. What? Freebird Hayes. What? I mean, there's a lot of people in there from the wrestling community, man. It was awesome. Sheiky Baby. Iron Sheik was in there. What? What? The real Iron Sheik playing himself. Triple H was in there last night. What? Who played Triple H? I didn't, I didn't yeah. know who it was. I didn't know who it was. Huh. You tell that he was playing Triple H just strictly by the hair and the way that Triple H used to walk. He's an asshole. Sophisticated, Whoa. you know. What are you talking about? I'm just Whoa. saying how I saw it. Well, The Rock prefaced it with a quick voiceover. Me and this guy are tight now, and we, you know, he's one of the goats and one of the most important people. But at the time, it was not the case. And then it went right into okay. that kind of being, you know. Beefing a little. Hey. He hated his pop. There's only uh -oh. a couple, you know, top dogs. That's around. right. True. There's only a couple spots. Uh, the macaques. There's only a couple of macaques yes. that mm -hmm. can climb to the top of that temple of the macaques. Mm-hmm. All right, Chris Mad Dog Russo goes from uh, first take to following this. Hi, uh, <laughs> AJ, what do you think's in store for the next three hours of Go Radio? I don't know. He should have Stephen A. come on with his radio oh. show with him and argue there. I assume they've already done that. J.J. Reddick, I guess, batted 1,000 this morning on first take against Chris Mad Dog Russo and Stephen A. Smith. Go. So maybe, maybe Chris Mad Dog Russo gets a chance to answer. That show's going to be awesome. And it comes after a six-minute break that is about to hit your ear hole when they're trying to sell shit in about now. <laughs> That's what they're trying to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's some good stuff trying to be sold. Yeah? I was going to say, you have a couple times said, hey, buy the shit that they're selling on there. Yeah, because they, they it's good for business for uh -huh. everybody. It supports everybody out there. The, um, the weekend coming up mm -hmm. is a dandy. Quite yeah. a dandy. Smackdown on Friday. I think we're in Long Island. Not 100% sure. I think. Then 
My wife got the mini marathon Saturday Ooh, morning. There we go. She's doing in Indianapolis. You mean like a half marathon or what do you mean? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, maybe it's a small marathon. I don't know what the technical title is. Half marathon maybe? Yeah, it is 13.1. It's a long way. I, I couldn't yeah. do it. No way. So that's happening Saturday morning. I'm coming just to show some support, you know, towards the end there. I'm going to go. You're going to run next to her the whole time outside the ropes? No, no. I'll be sleeping for the first 10 miles of that thing, I think. And then sure. I'll, I'll go down for the final three. Like, hey, here we go. Here's some water and also maybe a wheelchair. This yeah, is a long, long it. way to be traveling. But I'm proud of her. She's something she always does. So I'm going to check that out. And Phil invites me to the Pittsburgh Penguins game okay. Saturday night in Ooh. Pittsburgh. Oh. It's like, oh, Playoff hockey, yeah. Hens game. Now we're going to win the series, too, because yeah. the Rangers. Yeah. Uh -huh. You know, maybe I do that. And then Sunday's WrestleMania backlash in Rhode Island, and then we got overreaction Monday to everything. Sure. Wow. Go. It's a big weekend. It's a lot. I'm already exhausted. So that's a pay-per-view on Sunday? Uh, it's a premium live event. Yes, thank you. Jesus. <laughs> thank you. It so it's WrestleMania backlash, so you're running another program there as well? No, I'm commentating. Yeah. Talking about the stories that are going on, but I do believe SmackDown only <laughs> we got a lot. Of, I don't know how many matches I'm gonna call those. Those premium live events are my least favorite things. <laughs> about the why? Because they're seven and a half hours, or what? Yeah, and I call two matches. Like I normally take like a three hour break in the middle of that thing. It's like all right, I gotta go sit in the back. Sometimes sit in the audience yeah. and watch. And then all right, we're up. Here we go. And then let me strap this thing back on. Roman Reigns. <laughs> it's a, it's not an easy thing for anybody. So I got massive respect for anybody who can just drop in, drop out. I I I've I found it difficult. I have found it difficult, but it'll be a good one. WrestleMania backlash. A lot of good things happening. Oh, Big things yeah. happening. Big madcap. Oh my oh, God! No yeah. cap. Madcap is about to beat the hell out of Happy Corbin. Yeah. Who the yeah. fuck is Butch at? Do we know you. Well, yeah, see. we found Chiampa. Okay. Chompa's found. He's on Raw. Come yeah. on. Jesus. Congrats. I'm glad we found him. Now, Chompa, what about the other guy? Chompo's never missing. Follow the Chompo's never missing. I feel like he was on the show. No. no. Butch. No. Butch. Butch has gone missing. Where was Tomasino? Where's that guy? That's not somebody. What? I don't That's even know who you're speaking of. Tomasino? Did I see... Uh... Tommaso Chompa was his name. He's now just Chompa. Please. Did you beat him off, too, the name? <laughs> <laughs> Is That's, that why these guys keep changing their names after they come in contact with you? <laughs> Listen, Champa and I have not encountered each other. No. Okay, since our separation from NXT. Okay, since we have moved on, and I didn't even work with him there either. Like, what are you even? I don't even think there is no on-screen relationship between me and Champa. I don't believe at all. Friend with him though. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he has been on the show. I believe he's a friend of the program. Yep. He is jacked. Jacked. Rehabbed a broken fucking neck and then came back with like a, a 15 pass. Like, oh, my God. Anyways, Butch is fucking missing. Yeah. Okay. Butch is gone. Oh, no. Yes. There you go. Thank yeah. you. He actually just left the arena, ran through the people. We haven't yeah. seen him. Mm -hmm. And then Ezekiel, he's he's here, but where's Elias? Yeah. Right. Ezekiel was on the bump this morning. He was? I kind of like Zeke better than Elias. No, so. I want Elias back. No, no Zeke's I'm wrong. I'm done with Zeke. Why? Because I like Elias so much. No. He's no. great at music. Zeke's Zeke doesn't play dude. music. Foxy. Zeke's too nice. Ezekiel, the younger brother of Elias, hopefully has his head on a swivel because I'm not so sure Elias doesn't just show up and beat the hell out of whoa, him. Whoa, whoa, well, whoa, that's whoa. what we're all worried about is we think there's a chance that Elias might not like Ezekiel. But exactly. we don't know. We haven't really heard yeah. from Elias no. since with no. learning of Ezekiel. Ezekiel's very wholesome, and he seems to have He's a great awesome. relationship with Elias when you hear him speak about him. That's right. He did yeah. speak of him kindly. Don't try to start shit. He's got to cut the back of his sport coat he was wearing <laughs> on the bump. Yesterday. Hey, Zeke, cut that. <laughs> He's young. 
He's on. Yeah, that's he's young. He's young. Wait, is he through the first pitch or something? No, he's on the bump this morning, which is a talk show that WWE has. <laughs> He was on it. I thought he threw the first pitch maybe at a Pirates game. By the way, if he would, which they would never be smart enough to ask him because they are the Pirates. Well, maybe the Pirates operation will. They get Zambelli fire, uh, sure. fireworks. Have Zeke come throw the first pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Ezekiel, Elias' younger brother, has an absolute hose, I believe, too. Well, absolutely. Have yeah. you seen that guy? The genetics in that family they yeah. are not stacked. As, not as not as good as Veers, but like pretty Come on, it's Ezekiel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I, know. I do hope. Ezekiel Elias' younger brother does get a big program coming up soon. He will. It sounds like he is. Uh, yeah. Can you run that one more time? It sounds Come on, like- it's Ezekiel. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. There's no lie in there. No. Do you hear any lying nope. in his voice? Run that one more time. Come on, it's Ezekiel. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> That's not a lie. Not at all. It sounds like, you know? It's that, Ezekiel. That doesn't sound like Elias at all. No. I mean, I think his older brother, Elias, may come back and murder him. That's and what? Spot. That's what no. I was saying. That's what I'm worried about, too. Zeke will have to go into hiding. Yeah. Zeke will have to go into hiding and, if that's the case. Hey, come on. Now, his poor parents cannot handle any more of this. So let's not do that. Well, because Ezekiel is Elias' younger brother, there's the older brother strength, and you hope that Ezekiel, Elias' younger brother, is able to <laughs> battle him. Ezekiel did introduce himself as Ezekiel... Elias' younger brother, two ten straight yeah, people. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was sweet. That's great. This is a joke. Our life is a joke. We got to get out of here. Okay, we announced all the winners today. Congratulations to everybody. Right. Can't wait to continue to do giveaways as this offseason, it sounds like it's going to continue to go terribly. Yeah. Okay, we had all the fireworks early. Zambelli's early. Quarterbacks being traded, wide receivers being oh. traded, big time deals, everything like that. The draft happens. Now we're staring down a little pit of sadness, okay? And this pit of sadness, we're going to try to turn into pit of gladness every single day as we overreact to every little piece oh, yeah. of news that inevitably isn't going to mean Jack Diddley. Shit! How the yeah. season starts, ain't that right, Kevin? Well, except for the fact that Stephon Gilmore is wearing number five. Oh. Hey, this means Super Bowl, Woo. right, AJ? <laughs> Stephon yep. Gilmore chooses number five. This means Super Bowl. Hey-o. Guaranteed Super. He looks sweet in five, so I, I am all about it. And he's smiling too. I love this. Oh. Yeah, that, you know what? Maybe Super Bowl. This isn't anything like Jameson Williams uh, in Detroit when he was drafted no. in the first round. Look how happy number five is. The five looks perfect. That means Super Bowl. And in the back, you see those two people talking. Guess what they're doing? They're talking about how they can win a Super Bowl. Hell yeah. yeah. It is, the number five means everything's fine in Indy. And everybody should have, you know, watched their tongues as they were making fun of the Colts as they were losing in climb time. Yeah. Okay? In week 18 last year, not making the playoffs. That's coming all the way back the fuck around, okay? Needed it, is what Frank Reich said. Best mm-hmm. defense in the league, possibly. Well, that's not. I really hope they play well this year. Well, you got a quarterback serving up ice cold beers whenever he walks right. into a room. I think you're going to be just fine. Goddamn Navy actually, Seal. He actually rode his John Deere here. Yeah. yeah. That astronaut <laughs> came in here right. mm-hmm. some stone cold beers. Why? With a scratch golf game. Why? Why? Sat in the pocket here in the Thunderdome. Why? I love the guy. Yeah. I love him, man. What if Carson Wentz leads the Commanders to a Super Bowl title chance? Hey, he might. Whoa, whoa. Ty doesn't believe that because he drives a Bobcat. Right. I am saying he could strictly because when you run the highlights of Carson Wentz, we, see, we saw one this morning from yeah. Philly that I had not seen before. This is the first time seeing it. He's running. <laughs> he is running uh, along the line of scrimmage because he had already scrambled an entire thing. And he is about to get absolutely blasted, murdered, in the process of getting murdered. Throws a fucking frozen rope 15, 20 yards down the field right to a, 
uh, tight end, like right in the bucket. That yep. guy obviously gets killed. He gets murdered. Carson gets up, jogs right up to the line of scrimmage. They do it again. He does plays that no other quarterback would ever think about doing or potentially could do. His greats are fucking elite. But in that same potential outcome, you know, where he's getting sacked, running sideways, and having to throw a 20. He could have thrown it like right to a safety or a linebacker that was just standing right there. Mm -hmm. Pick six, fucking game over. Like mm -hmm. that could happen. It might not happen, obviously, next year with the commanders, but there is a chance. And I would like, that's why everybody says I bury him all the time. He his fucking great football is great. Yeah. It's exhilarating. It's just that, you know, it's, it's a it's a coin flip almost. It feels like every single play, no yard left behind. It's like also maybe. Maybe no loss left behind, too, with the way you're playing right now. And I'm still not so sure Taylor Heineke isn't breathing down his neck sure. so much that he maybe, you know, gets in his house. Sam Howell. They got Howell. Sam Howell. And Sam Howell now. You think Carson Wentz wore that mustard suit to a press conference and to not be the starter? If we know anything about Carson, he loves competition in the QB it room. Does. Bingo. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> right, let's Good get head to on his shoulders. Let's get to a 21-hour break. <laughs> All right. Carson was very nice to us. His eyes were high. Yeah, he's great. I'm guy. excited. I don't have to ride the Wentz roller coaster. Can you, hey, before we sign off here, can you lumber around the stage real quick like Carson? <laughs> I ain't doing it. Like if he was fighting with a lightsaber this or is something? post. <laughs> so you LARPing? Him and Ben. That's my favorite when you lumber around like Ben. Well, they're ben the same Carson. people. <laughs> Carson, whenever he's got two sprained ankles on for one play, you know, bopping around. <laughs> saw it in half saw it in half and then on the next play he'll break this fucking thing in half uh-huh somehow i think that's just how it goes what he about ben when he runs out of the tunnel for the last time <laughs> <laughs> he does have like a quite a little like little shuffle out there oh yeah it's because you got to remember like their joints are so beat up at yeah. this point mm -hmm. so beat up it's just like how do i lumber through this thing but whenever the push comes to shove they can you know, they, the adrenaline drives them, yeah. but they're just trying to make it from A to B, A to B. And if he wouldn't have played, like, what, 99% of the snaps, even though he broke every yeah. bone in his body, we would have had number one overall pick this year, probably got a wide receiver up there. Yeah. yeah. But it's all good. Don't worry about it. Carson's stuff. This is awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Let's get out of here. Hammer down 15 minutes. Yeah. 25 minutes. Yeah. What are you guys talking about? Fucking huge baseball playoff action, two sports. Yeah, fucking Bruins winning tonight. You want to win? Put know. Swayman in. Boom. Let's go, bees. And we got Swayman in the net today, and he's not laying in one fucking so. goal and Pasta scoring three. Book it. Nick saying you guys aren't starting Swayman. What? Swayman's yeah, not in. Yeah, we are. Swayman's uh, starting. They're uh, running it back with Allmark. My sources are telling me Swayman's starting tonight. He just got fucking texted. I <laughs> hope your sources are better than mine because I don't see it. Well, oh. fucking Rupper must have forgot to text you this morning because Rupper told me, hey, Swayman's in net tonight and Pasta scoring a hat trick. Well, the Bruins, how many wins do you guys have in the playoffs? Uh, in the last, what, 10 years or just this no, year? This year. This year, we have one win after tonight. Okay, so you have no wins. At the moment, but yes, in... Swayman not starting, confirmed. Oh, That's no. bullshit. That's a lie. They're just fucking saying that to throw uh, the fucking Hurricanes off their game. <laughs> Swayman's playing tonight. Hey, listen. Zero playoff. You have the same amount of playoff wins this year as the Detroit Red Wings. Wow. You hear me? Yeah, and but more yeah. losses. And well, we have more losses than the Detroit Red Wings right now in the playoffs. Right. And the same amount of wins as them. Just like the Las Vegas Golden Knights and every other cracking shitty team. Yeah, but we've been to 100% more playoffs in the last five years than the Detroit Red Wings have. So I don't really well, care. We've won the same amount of playoff series as the Pittsburgh Penguins in, in the last five four years. Whoa. Yeah, they won two cups Let's right Let's get to a break. Let's get to a break. Let's get out of here. We don't need to talk Pasta about Pasta Hatcher tonight. Take it. The odds are not high enough.
It's going to have to be a high scoring affair because you guys ain't playing swimming. Well, right. fucking pasta scoring eight goals then. Fuck it. So it's about the over, I guess, huh? Yeah, yeah. eight to five Bruins. Mm-hmm. You guys need Louis Domingue? Fucking too bad, pal. No, yeah. Joey Can't Lasagna couldn't make it up with the Bruins, okay? Are you kidding me? 17 stops fresh out of fucking broccoli and cheese. Now, we'll see if he still has that same broccoli and cheese, you know, going into the next game. Louis Domingue's a fucking chef. I seen a video from 2021. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Not a superstar. I we'll bought see. his fucking cookbook last night. Well, why don't you go find his cookbook? July 10th, 2021. Fucking Louis Domingue in the kitchen cooking. Is that right? Yes. Well, Louis better start, you know, focusing his game in that. I hope he's not cooking today. I hope hey, he's getting some rest. Louis, if I were you right now with how much you are beloved in Pittsburgh, I would be selling whatever you have at like 15, 20%, 17% <laughs> off with your 17 saves. You will get all the money from the Pittsburgh yeah. people right now. Now, what happens in the next game? That'll That's ch- up to you. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to keep that sales going, do it. This dude's a hero right now, AJ. Louis fucking Domingue, dude. I mean, he gets more play on this show than probably he has in his whole career. We're just ahead of the game. Now everybody's talking about him. That's right. Room. Bingo. Really? Yeah. Until yeah. tonight, everyone's going to be talking about the Sway Man. He's not playing. He's, he's, he's going he's to be playing. I'm telling you. You think he'll come in third overtime? I think he's going to come in 10 minutes into the first period because Ullman's going to be like, look, Swayman's got this look in his eye, and we need to get on the goddamn game. Omar, sure. You don't even know you. Oh, jeez. Oh, That's because I'm a Swayman guy. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. Big Dick Domingue was the first goalie to ever come in in the second OT or later in NHL history. That's what he does. Boom. Wow. That's what Domingue does. Yeah. He's always there. He's always. It's always there. <laughs> It is. <laughs> Louis Domingue, it's always there. Uh-huh. It's you, always there. You said that he looked at the coach and said, I'm Louis Domingue. I'm Casey Dismiss backup. Put me in the goddamn game. You want to win? Yeah. yeah. And then when he started to skate on, everyone was like, what, what are we doing? And Louis stopped, turned around, said to the entire bench, guys, I'm Louis, Louis Domingue. Domingue. I'm Casey Dismiss backup. <laughs> Let me fucking play. Does Louis Domingue have a lot of Ezekiel in him, it sounds like? I think he has a lot of Ezekiel. <laughs> Which is good. Which is good. Because for a while Ezekiel there. also a Pittsburgh legend. Yeah, yeah that's he right. Forget. He was saying growing up, guys, I'm Louis Domingue. I'm Joey Domingue's brother, right. the goalie. All right, Louis Domingue is going to get a lot of play, I think, until he loses. <laughs> yeah. Right. And listen, he's not going to lose, though. Louis Domingue's not going to lose. As soon as he loses, though, the whole conversation is going to be, this team wasn't built to win. <laughs> I got a 30-year journeyman who's more worried about cookbooks than that. I mean, that's like that's how sports media goes. But right now, Louis Domingue's flying high. If I was him, 17% off right now. Hell I'd start yeah. pushing it. I'd sell every cookbook I possibly had. Maybe $17 more, actually. Oh. Hey, if you guys want to help me out, donate to charity and buy my book. Smart. Wait, does he really have a cookbook? Yes. He's Louis Domingue. Yeah, he's Come on. He's chef of the puck. Hell yeah. He is. Fucking yeah. cooking, guys. Controls it like no other. Bro, Casey DeSmith was standing on his head early, too. Yeah, he, he was. He was. First playoff game, this dude was flying around. He was literally center on everything yep. almost. He was seeing the puck like perfectly, not going anywhere. I, like, I honestly was so pumped. I'm like, we got a guy. We got yeah. a fucking guy. Yeah. We can go here. The goalie, and I said this earlier, and I mean it. If you have a hot goalie, you can win the Stanley Cup. Like, that is just it's like, how. It's like a quarterback, right? Hell Boom. Yeah. Quarterback, pitcher, whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. It, if you get a hot goalie, you can go on and win-win. Like, win-win. It doesn't matter what the team is like. So whenever you lose a goalie right before the playoffs, it's a little bit disheartening. It's like, oh, we're fucked. Then last night, he was just like, see, I'm like, oh, we got a guy. And then he subs himself out. What the fuck happened, dude? What are we doing here? And then Deming comes in. Yeah. 17 straight saves. Everybody else has been playing for six hours. He sees the puck like it's nothing. The craziest thing about Deming was that he was playing left wing for the entire game before he had to go in. Fucking Louis Deming. Uh-huh. We appreciate it. He got a couple assists. Unlike that fucking 
bread man from super boost didn't hit all right we're out of here uh 18 minutes till hammer down we'll see you guys tomorrow we appreciate you all so much may the fourth be with all of you be nice to somebody today cheers